double feature. Ah, sixer. Two friends, two movies, and too much to drink. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. Hey, there you guys are. It's French fries and mayonnaise today as Travis and Nathan sit down with brain detail specialist Jimmy James to talk Taxi Driver and Pulp Fiction. So suit up and join the guys. Nathan, sweet Travis. It's Six Pack Double Feature. You can put six packs of soda in here. Harvey Weinstein guy's a real dick, huh? Totally. (laughs) (laughs) I can't not think of a horrible 80s uh, horror movie more than what came from this. Your music, I remember you telling me. You just went from Harvey Weinstein to... Yeah, I just decided to derail whatever it was that you were going after and... We got it out of the way first. Hey, not a problem. Early and often. Who are you again? I'm Travis. I'm Nathan. <laughs> Who the fuck is this over here? Eh, he's a brain detail specialist, Jimmy James. Hola. What is up, man? <laughs> Nothing much. What's up with you guys? Kicking it. What's this? Episode two? This is two of season four. So we talked part about seven. Part <laughs> dot one dot dot point five. Nine. Is there a niner in there? Yes. Talking, uh, walkie talkie. Uh, it is a six pack double feature. Welcome in, gang. Um, clearly, we have a special guest with us today. We do. What are we talking about today? Yeah, Falcon. Uh, I believe we, we're talking about Taxi Driver and Pulp Fiction. In that order? Yeah, we were going to let you choose which one we wanted to go into first. Let's say Pulp Fiction for last. Okay. I have to, have to adjust some. Oh, notes. my God. Now I got to do all the things. Totally fine. I so, have to just turn a few pages. Oh, so, there we go. 272. Second call, 414 Amateur, 417. One item, five. Alfano, 448. De Niro. 4-5. In Bang the Drum Slowly, the critics called him a brilliant new talent. After Mean Streets, they said he was a genius. For his performance in The Godfather Part Two, they gave him the Academy Award. Come on, man. Just get me out of here, all right? Now, Robert De Niro creates a terrifying portrait of life on the edge of madness. Tabby, just forget about this. It's nothing. Taxi Driver, a film by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, people do anything in front of a taxi driver. I mean anything. People too cheap to to rent a hotel room. Oh, driver, hurry up, will you? People want to embarrass you. It's like you're not even there. It's like, you know, like a taxi driver doesn't even exist. This city here is like an open sewer, you know? It's full of filth and scum. I think I know what you mean, Travis. But it's not going to be easy. How do you guys get to be a Secret Service man? What? I was just curious because I thought maybe I'd make a good one. Hey, what kind of guns do you guys carry? 38s, 45s, 357 Magnums, something bigger, maybe. Hi. I'd like to volunteer. Why? Why? Because I think that you are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. The taxi driver is looking for a target. Getting ready. Getting organized. Preparing himself for the only moment in his life that will ever mean anything. How much for everything? 350 for the Magnum, 250 for the 38, 
one and a quarter for the 25, 150 for the 380. That taxi driver's been staring at us. You talking to me? You talking to me? I don't know who's weirder, you or me. You talking to me? Well, who the hell else are you talking? You talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. I don't believe I've ever met anyone quite like you. Oh, yeah? You will never see a more chilling performance than this. Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. Jodie Foster. Albert Brooks. Harvey Keitel. Leonard Harris. Peter Boyle. Sybil Shepard. Taxi Driver. It's as if God created New York City and then gave them Travis Bickle. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, you, you recognize that voice from the Jaws trailer? It's I don't. If, I recognize it from the Alien God 3 trailer. God created the devil and then gave him Jaws. Did God create the devil? Are try- we all in sequence? We're going to try this. All right, here all we right. go. One, two, three. Oh, now I'm spilling. Just kidding. Everywhere. It is uh, for you guys listening uh, here in probably early September, late August. Something like that. It is currently 1029 in the morning and we're all three drinking beer. <laughs> uh, I'll start. I'm drinking Narragansett because I'm, 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 um, I'm vying to get Narragansett to be the official beer of Six Pack Double Feature. These are the good hours. The time for Gansett. Narragansett lager beer. I commend you on that. I'm just drinking a, a Blood Orange Ghost beer. Mm. And I'm drinking a delicious Heineken. Nice. I don't even know where to start, so... That was Percy Rodriguez, by the way, he does that. He's... The bitch is back. That's he the guy. He doesn't sound Druish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one, and Pulp Fiction, I had a hard time with first impressions. I tried to, with both of them, go back to as best I could, how I felt the first time I right. saw these movies. I was in my 20s. <laughs> I was like, hey, everyone's talking about this taxi driver. I was 16. <laughs> I was probably, I don't know if I was in my 20s yet, but I know that I was out of high school, so it wasn't far from it. And I started to get into Scorsese stuff. And yeah. <clears throat> I remember going to a class at, uh, when I was um, at community college, and it was a radio and television class, and our instructor had said that they had made, back in the, probably in the 80s, they had made a knockoff called Pizza Driver. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see that so bad they didn't have it. It was a student film that they had made. I'm like, I wanted to see Do you know the, so any bad. of those people's names? I wonder if no. we could get a copy of that. No. I really don't remember Man, any of the names. Good. Yeah, it would have been funny. Uh, it may have been horrible. Who knows? <laughs> what did you first see at Falcon? <laughs> I saw it when I was 15 at uh, – there's a – Oh, so that's what's wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> there's a small little theater in Boston called the Nickelodeon. Okay. And it's it's – privately run so and they do all kinds of different nights they'll do like a grindhouse night or oh, they'll sweet. do you know and they had mean streets and taxi drivers so i begged my father please <laughs> please let us go i want to see taxi driver and mean streets it said shovel the damn driveway and then i'll let you go ahead and go to the movies <laughs> so that's what i did i shoveled the driveway saw mean streets and realized that at the age of 15 probably should not have seen that movie <laughs> at 15. 
I was uh, yeah, they're both heavy, my, but taxi driver especially so. I was uh, on one of my many groundings for having garbage, shitty grades. Uh, it was around November. Well, actually, definitely around November because my parents. I was grounded. I couldn't leave the house except to go to school or work. And my dad was like, "Hey, um, we had one place to buy anything in the town where I'm from. It was Walmart." And it was around Thanksgiving, and they did some open. It wasn't Black Friday, but they opened after hours, and you could come in and get like deals on shit. Right. And I was like, "Cool, I get out of the house." So I went with my parents, and the only thing I could find was uh, in the video section. They had a copy of Taxi Driver on VHS, and I was just kind of the same thing. I'm like, "Ah, let's check out some of the Scorsese's guy stuff." Oh wow, Joey Foster's hot on the cover. Okay. (laughs) Oh, his name's Travis. Oh, he has a mohawk. I was trying to be a punk, and he had a mohawk, and I was like, "Well, that's that's this is definitely sold. It's it's synchronicity. The stars they they did line up." And I took it home and watched it. It was like I kind of felt like Alex from uh, Clockwork Orange watching, and nobody was holding my eyes open. But right. I was just like, you couldn't look away. What the fuck? Is that, I, that type of movie, like, it's like you should be looking away, but you can't look away. Is this like away. a Faces of Death? Is this legal? I don't feel like I should be watching yeah. this. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a dark movie. But I was in love with it as soon as I – it's like that. It, it, it's uh, it, similar to Pulp Fiction, the way it tells its story. It tells it pretty much from the perspective of Travis. Yeah. If you, Either you identify with him or at least you can understand what's going on in his head because he's – even though he contradicts himself is he quite un- a bit with what he's doing compared to what he's writing. Is he an unreliable narrator? Uh, yeah. Do you think? Okay. I would, I would, yeah. He's not really narrating, though. He's just... It's jur- he's journaling and you're hearing his journal, pretty much. I, I, the first thing I wrote down is like, I'm struggling with trying to put into words exactly why it is that I like this movie. Because <laughs> it's... Yeah. You can't... This is a movie where you, you have to know the person before you can recommend it going, you... You need to see this. <laughs> I have a three. I have a three question questionnaire. I need you to fill out real quick. Part here's part A. Yeah, I, I. It's a fascinating look at someone who has PTSD, obviously, who has mm. insomnia issues, who works at night because he has insomnia issues, who struggles with loneliness, and comes up with the weirdest ways to try to combat that loneliness. This was. A year came out a year before Son of Sam happened, right? Uh, which Son of Sam was seventy? No, it was summer seventy six, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So this came out seventy six. Yeah, it was released in February of seventy six. Good Valentine's Day type of movie. Take your woman to go see. Jodie Foster's got she's two for two on those. Silence of the Lambs and Taxi. <laughs> was it February Driver. release? It was Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah. Is when Silence came. Well, out. this wasn't Valentine's Day. I think it was a week before. It was like fe- early okay. February. But I mean, you think of February, the first thing you think of is Valentine's Day, and like, hey, let's go see Taxi Driver. It's only been out for about a week. <laughs> it's yeah. It's uh, okay. And it's a slow burn too. The the pacing in it is. I mean, it's seventies era, but it is definitely seventy era, 70s era slow burn pacing. I like that. You oh, just have, I, well, I used to have to be in the right headspace. Well, because this, for it. you couldn't. I don't think you could rush the story of Travis Bickle with a modern no with a modern pacing. It has to, you have to watch him slowly un- descend cork. into hell. I was going to say uncork. I don't know why, but I think what I enjoy about watching a movie like this, I love watching these types of films. Just in general, it's that snapshot of a place in time. Mm, yeah, it's like a time capsule movie. So you're the Yankee Stadium urinal that was New York City at the time. <laughs> well, that's one of the things in my trivia. There was a there was a garbage strike in the summer of '75 when they filmed this, and that's okay. why it looks even more 
gross and seedy and, and disgusting than even I love normally. that. I love, I that, love that, but that's the reason why they could they couldn't avoid trash in the streets or the trash in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Falcon. If you had to put like what are like Nathan said, he doesn't. It's hard. He, to, he doesn't know why he likes this movie. Like what off the top of your head? Why? I mean, if you've ever been lonely in your life. This movie should speak to you. I mean, <laughs> okay. basically, if you've ever been alienated, you know, like I could easily go back home to Boston and I've been away from Boston for 15, 20 years. I'll recognize all the places, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't fit in, even though I'm sure. from Boston. Okay. So you get that alienation. That's a big part of of this film is how he's alienated. He goes to Vietnam, comes back. And it's not the same as it was when he was there previously. You know, he feels that alienation I from gotcha. from being there. They said that I mean that's the reason why people still talk about the movie now is because it's re- it resonated so well with a core set of viewers with who struggled with loneliness save, specifically. Save I mean it doesn't. It's a period piece because right, you know, but it doesn't. It's aged well. Uh huh. It's all this. I mean, fuck. It's it's Joker. Yeah, they took uh, a lot of this for Joker. So spoiler, I didn't put Joker as my recommendation. I didn't either. I actually thought of one while we were listening to the trailer and I wrote it down. <laughs> oh, yeah. And cool. I can't believe I didn't think of it. You may have seen it. I know you've seen it. If you haven't, you lose your horror cred. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> it's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is it? <laughs> no, it's uh, Chainsaw Part 2, actually. <laughs> I never really put the loneliness part together. I mean, I did. I just I don't know what it is. I find it either. fascinating. I just can't identify with anything that he's going through. I just, because like, I've never had, I've never really had a huge issue with loneliness or obvi- for most obvious reasons. I never had, I've never had PTSD. So, I, but it's yeah. just that, just that look in. I at, think what it, what I like in, the on best about it is like watching him kind of the way Clark Kent does when he literally splits into two people, but it's like watching Travis Bickle sp- split. Like the part of him that wants to go date Sybil Shepherd's What's her name? Betsy? Uh, yes. Yeah. Because uh, he, he, he ain't all crazy. Because. No. I get it. I'd date Sybil Shepherd. I'd, fuck, I'd date her now. <laughs> Sybil, if you're listening. Actually, I'm married, so. Uh, we could just go on a date. He tried, so, though. You know, he tried to do the. Yeah, and failed miserably. Hey, let's go to a porno house. <laughs> that was one of the things that was weird watching it the first time. It's still yeah. weird now. Yeah. But I watched. It's very um, uncomfortable. Uh, David Simon, who did is known for The Wire, he did three seasons of a show called The Deuce about what was Times Square before and what it has oh, become. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about this. And how it was not completely uncommon for couples to go to a porno theater, to go see a porno. like, And, I mean, credit to Travis there were other couples in that theater when he sat down with yeah but they were all giving each other handies and shit no <laughs> I don't know I, w- I wasn't focused that far into it but I mean I'll at least even like oh yeah couples come to this all the time yeah do they I love it when he tries to rationalize couples you and your hand <laughs> yeah. plenty, plenty of couples I've taken my hand to this theater so many times well you, you gotta remember too back when the to jump on what you said about you know couples going to porno I mean Deep Throat was the first mainstream porno that sure. people started going to see. And I mean, let alone the fact that it launched it was, most uh, of your seventies horror films were all financed off through the mob by the mob. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre was one of them. I don't feel like with this movie, there's any, I don't feel like there's any filler. 
like all of the shots. It's not like I don't. I feel like every shot was a dream shot mm-hmm. almost. Well, it the, almost the entire movie has that ethereal kind of is this real or is he dreaming it? Yeah, and like you're. That's what I like about it. It gets you enough into his head that you feel just as con- is, confused as he does. Yeah, are there you seeing is. what he's seeing? Wow. Or that's why we talk you, about these things. Yeah. The one thing that I always find funny whenever I rewatch this though is. Is I uh, I see Palatine and my I immediately want to say Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Betsy Senator Palatine is evil. <laughs> and I forgot to say it before we started. So um, is it weird to see Peter Boyle with dark hair? It's weird to see Peter Boyle with hair. Well, yeah, kind of. But even in the eighties, he still had it. It was just already gray. But it's just weird seeing it. Have black, you guys ever seen Joe? The movie he's in, Joe, where he plays a horrible racist. No, no. I've heard of it. I've, I've never... I haven't seen it either. But it's what's hardest. It's weird to see him young, and it's weird to see him with longer black hair. But it's what's weirdest is to hear him say all that horrible shit at the, the table. Yeah, the racist shit that he says and the the homophobic shit that yeah. he says. But I mean, I get see it. what you do behind your doors. I mean, it was a bit. Of, yeah, they're they're really doing things out there in California. <laughs> 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 but it was it. That was one of the things that when I was watching this with Lisa the other day, this was the one movie she was more than willing to watch. She just didn't want to watch Pulp Fiction because she's not a Tarantino fan. And I'm like, so you don't want to watch this one, but you'll watch Taxi Driver? Yeah. Okay. I'm watching it tomorrow night. All right. There was that scene where he comes to talk to Wizard and he's like, I got a lot of bad things in my hand. And it's like if you you think if, if that conversation had gone well do you think anything else would have happened? Well, if it had gotten a help he needs? Yeah, yeah you, no, think, you would think that I mean, there's he just... Might have, he might have... It wouldn't have been as interesting. It could have, no. been, a, could have would, been just as interesting. It could have just been a different movie. Like, hey, this guy was fucked up and he needed help and he got help. And this is his, this is his journey on from where he almost tried to kill a senator to getting help. It would yeah. be more like a Lifetime movie, but not nearly as... Pantera wouldn't have had that sample for that song on the Crow soundtrack. That's all I'm saying. Suck on this. <laughs> I forgot about that. early Pantera. Saying, it, saying it's a sport. That's, that's like uh, Thrash era Pantera. Didn't mean to make that right. I mean, if we're going to, it was funny seeing um, Peter Boyle with hair and it being dark, like black almost. It just as much as it's funny seeing Albert Brooks with the giant Jufro. Like <laughs> I always Huge. forget Albert Brooks is. I in know, this. and I say the same thing every time. He's I go. probably the only like kind of rational person, even though he's overprotective of Betsy. You understand his. You understand where he's coming from. Yeah, no, he's 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 trying to protect Betsy. She's rational. She's rational. She's, she's naive, but I say the same thing every time yeah, he yeah, turns yeah, up for the first time. I yeah, go, Fuck, she's, Albert Brooks is in this. I love Albert Brooks. Yeah. And then, and he's, then he's, not the, funny. he's not funny and he's a bit of a prick. <laughs> um, no, but that was the other thing. It's, it When Lisa was like, yeah, I wouldn't have gone into that theater once we walked up to the booth. And he's, are you serious? You want to go in here to see... Buttfuckers Volume Five. <laughs> I haven't seen the first four. Revenge of the Butt. Revenge of the Buttfuckers. <laughs> no, it's uh, Buttfuckers Five: The Final Frontier. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. See, she's like, I nope, no, no, wouldn't have gone in there. I'll be like, it's nice knowing you, Travis. <laughs> Thanks See for ya. The, Thanks for the Christopherson record. Yeah, I already have. I already it. have it. I'm gonna take it to McKay's. <laughs> Trade it in for a Willie Nelson. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's... Mm. What doesn't work? Uh, I, can, I, I, I can go. I, go ahead. Nothing. I only have one thing. That's Nothing. what I put down here. I was like, everything works in this film. Uh, I, I put down here, I'm like, this category for this movie specifically should read, what about this film makes you uncomfortable, which is pretty much everything. It's extremely uncomfortable, but the the scenes with Harvey Keitel and uh, Jodie Foster is so it was bad she was, she it was, was bad before she was 18, it's right? super no she was 12 she had to have her sister was her, body, fucking... was her body double okay that was another piece of trivia she was literally, literally her sister 12. was 19 she was 12 so the more mature things they had to insert her sister in did they show her sister's I, face i don't think so and okay. i think more of it is the violence at the end sure as well but yeah so anything that was how did she too risque? Get, how did Jodie Foster come out of child acting not fucked up? I don't know. Or if she, she's fucked up, she keeps it to herself. Yeah, her manager does a good job of keeping it. <laughs> All the dead male and female hookers are <laughs> are taken care of by management. She wears a mask when she robs the Seven Elevens and shit. <laughs> wow, I, she I, wears I, a t shirt that says "I'm not Jodie Foster." I am not Jodie Foster. <laughs> I am not Jodie Foster. <laughs> I am. What's her name? Uh, I am Julianne Moore. Because of the Hannibal Lecter thing. It's, it was dumb. Don't worry about it. You're going to cut this out? Any, nope, yeah, any not. chance of that being funny was fucked up by me forgetting her name and then you... Oh, wow. That <laughs> sucks, doesn't it? God, that hurts, doesn't it? Um, Like I said earlier, I think he said and shot everything he wanted to say and shoot with this. So there's right. really... I mean, the racist shit doesn't hold up as far as like... No, it does. He's, I'm gonna, he's, ma- he's making a point. He's I'm, not being racist to be racist. I'm going to throw in the one thing that didn't work for Elisa since she made it up obviously clear when we were watching it the other day is she doesn't like the music. She, I love the music in this movie, and I but it's hard for me to not care Can't have one without the other. Right. Right, right. She thinks the movie's too pulpy for what the for what the story is, mm. even though that's what. Scorsese was wanting and that's the reason why part of it is pulpy and melodramatic and a little over like she's like anytime he starts to narrate and they play the music it just feels like this should be black and white and it should be in the 40s and it's not and it takes her out of that it could have been I I get that could have been cool in black and white it would have been easier to get past the censors with black and white it's just chocolate syrup keep shooting (laughs) I, the thing that didn't work for me was the uh, the scene with Martin Scorsese, where he's in the cab and he's talking about being. Does it take couple. you out because it's him? Uh, no, I just it, it's, the whole movie. No matter who he interacts with, he drives those people away from him. You know, Iris, Betsy, Palantine. But for some reason, he has a conversation with. Well, he doesn't really. It's have really a, a one way conversation. Yeah. He's just sitting there. I'm like. Put, put the put the meter up. Put the meter up. Put the meter up. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's uncomfortable too. When I was a kid, I didn't like that scene because I didn't. I thought he was a nebbishy little prick. Yeah, uh, Scorsese's character. Right. That's another part of trivia. He had to stand in for an actor that he had cast for that role, and mm. so he had hurt his back shooting another movie, and so he had to go in and. So you don't do like that. it because they... I think it just drags. I, okay. It, it's some a little reason t- it doesn't fit. It, I would say if that was probably cut down half the length, yeah, I think it would probably flow a little better. I get that. I was going to save it. Little, I was going to save it for the second half, but I love how he and Tarantino both play kind of the same character. They both play a nebbishy little shit that says racist shit 
yeah. and their cameos yeah. and their. I never made that, those two connections, but yeah, that's that is. The only difference is uh, Quentin Tarantino has the balls to say the n word in front of a black person. Yeah, that's uh, it's heavy, man. <laughs> it's a three fifty seven. Have you seen what it can do to a pussy? That's a grotesque. He's Let says, me tell you. <laughs> yeah, is his mom in this? Is is uh, no? I didn't. I did not see. Okay. I did not see his mom in this one. I have so. It's not something that doesn't work, but um, I think it's, it's almost like a magic wand. I think it would be kind of cool if you never learned Travis's name. You know that everyone refers to him. You know he has a name. You, people call him by his name. He's not nameless to anyone but us. True. That he's just okay. referred to the way we're you know talking right now. I think it would be kind of cool that if he was sort of a nameless entity. One of the things that stood out, a little weird, I think, um, I think that Iris – Jodie Foster's character, I think she was an unexpected surprise by her parents. Because if you look at the news clippings and the, one of is the parents uh-huh. sitting there, I'm like, good God, they look like they should be her like grandparents. <laughs> Late in life, whoa, surprise. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, Came home from work early. Didn't she grow up in like some commune up in like Connecticut or something? Jodie Foster or mm-hmm. Iris? Iris. I think that was part of her backstory. And that's where she ended up going back to. Yeah, but her it didn't fit. See, party pers- it didn't fit the persona Im- or the imagery that was on the news clipping of her parents. Part of we're so glad that you came. back. Part of you wants to have more backstory on her, but I'm glad there isn't. But no, yeah. it's not. That's, oh. I mean, I don't need to see what she's been up to in New York. I don't need to. See we don't that. need. We don't need the three weeks that she's had. Before. But yeah, it's not good. She doesn't need it. She. I didn't know she was twelve, dude. Jesus. Yeah. By the way, she was twelve. In case you're wondering. God, she's amazing. She doesn't really need a backstory other than what you get because what she what she tells you on screen is just owns it. Uh, all right, let's see here. Before we go into some other things, I'll get into some trivia. Six pack trivia. Uh, the you talking to me scene was completely ad libbed by De Niro. Okay. Um, the screenplay details just said Travis looks in the mirror. That's all it said. Apparently, he stole it from a concert that he went and see. He went and saw. <laughs> Springsteen a few days earlier in Greenwich Village, and I guess at one point during the concert, uh, Springsteen said that kid, the fans were yelling, and he said, "You talking to me?" You know, and so he whatever that was stuck in his head, and he just hmm. wow chewed it up and spit it back out into what has become a very iconic oh, scene yeah. in this in that movie. Well, the other things I looked up, I'm like, Travis's breakfast of champions is what? What do you think he puts in that bowl? Could you tell what he? I I clocked it, but I don't remember. He's, he crumbles like, up white bread. Oh yeah, and beer. Followed by no, it's peach schnapps <laughs> or brandy. It was one of the two. Someone said brandy. Someone said schnapps. Milk and then like sugar. And apparently, this was what Paul uh, Schrader uh, used to consume when he was a heavy drinker. Who the fuck is Paul Schrader? The, the writer, writer of oh, the film. God, look at the credits. Shut up. <laughs> I just looked at the box with Jodie Foster on the cover. Yeah. Um, this story was partially autobiographical with Paul Schrader, who's the screenwriter, in case you're wondering, Travis. I remember. Uh, <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> he suffered a nervous breakdown while he was living in Los Angeles. It says here, it's like he was fired from AFI. He was basically friendless in the midst of a divorce and was rejected by his girlfriend. And so squatting in his ex-girlfriend's apartment while she was away for a couple of months Schrader literally didn't talk to anyone for many weeks, went to porno theaters, was drinking heavily at the time, and developed an obsession with guns. Other than the guns part, 
That sounds fucking amazing to me. <laughs> Nobody wants nothing from you. You don't have to go anywhere. And the other thing was here, Schrader was <laughs> working amazing. as a delivery man for a chain of chicken restaurants, spending long days alone in his car, and he felt he might as well be a taxi driver. And so that was the creation of wow. this story. He's good now, though, right? Yeah, he's. St- I think he's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Okay. He didn't try to shoot Ian McDermott, did he? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> the on my life has left me scarred. Um, uh, apparently De Niro worked for 15 hours a day uh, for a month driving a taxi around New York City. I did know that. He was only spotted or identified once. Uh, so obviously he was not as famous as he thought he was going to be after being in The Godfather Part Two and things like that. And the one person that recognized him said, damn it, is it that hard to get work in Hollywood right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone took a pay cut to make the movie. Uh, De Niro only received thirty five thousand dollars in nineteen seventy six. You're like, oh, that's not bad. He was starting to get. He was starting to field offers for half a million after winning the Oscar, and the producers freaked out and thought he was going to ask for more money, but he never did, which is because cool on his part since he signed a contract anyway. But did he do it because he was friends with Scorsese or? Uh, yeah, I think it was just or he knew the what scenario. He was... It's just think he got points on the back end. Might have. I don't know. Didn't have that in my trivia. Uh, let's see here. Sybil Shepherd also only took about thirty-five grand for the role. Mm-hmm. This year's was much smaller. Um, Scorsese made sixty-five grand, but the total budget of that film was like one point eight million, and so less than two hundred thousand was spent on the talent. So everything else was just locations and crew and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Foster was twelve. Is right here, <laughs> and so her body double was her sister, who was nineteen. Uh, Connie Foster. <laughs> Uh, John Hinckley's attempt on the U.S. President Ronald Reagan's life was apparently triggered by Robert De Niro's obsessive uh, persona of Travis Bickle. I knew that too, yeah. Uh, he did it to impress Jodie Foster, Binkley, or Hinckley did. Yeah. Um, Binkley. That's right. I forgot about that. This was Bernard Herrmann's last score. He died hours after the last piece of music was recorded. Wow. Wow. Make, yeah. I want to see that movie. Make that documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Schrader's original screenplay the characters of sport uh, everybody in the mafia and the hotel clerks were all and the hotel clerk were all black Scorsese felt that combined with the other events in the film this would have stacked the deck too much towards racism and said we need these characters white so hmm. that was a smart call because it would have felt a little too racist racist okay. and so Travis didn't care what color skin you it was but the way it was written Initially, that would have looked very poorly. Uh, apparently, the blood is much browner in this film than originally intended. He had actually, uh, Scorsese had to tint down, like play with the did the uh, coloring of the film in order to get a MPAA do that. That okay. and Columbia was freaking out at it the looks, same time. I mean, it doesn't. It look still real, looks reddish, but it's. It's not as – it was probably 70s red, and they had to it looks ship to that. It looks better now. If it had been like dirty, hairy red blood – Matte paint. Yeah, it would have been – Chalk paint. It would have been a little too – No one uh, really liked Sybil Shepherd on the set. I've heard she's <laughs> brusque. She wasn't popular. The uh, producers cringed when seeing her dailies. Uh, Scorsese had to give her frequent line readings. She wasn't hitting her marks. He frustrated the hell out of De Niro to the point where he was hostile towards her. And you can kind of see that 
in the progression of relationship. Huh, their relationship. And then it said, wow. Schrader later said of her, we always said we were looking for a Sybil Shepherd type. How much worse can she be than a Sybil Shepherd type? But she was always a Sybil Shepherd type. I'm like, <laughs> ooh. Okay. That's a little harsh. Oof. Uh, Oliver Stone was taught by, I think Oliver Stone was taking a film class at NYU when Scorsese was teaching. Okay. And he believes that he was part of the – he became the representation, the model of what uh, Travis Bickle became because Bickle uh, – because uh, Stone drove a taxi, was a Vietnam War veteran, always wore uh, his army uh, fatigue jacket. And is a little nuts. Uh, yeah, which is not surprising huh. reading that going – I don't know if Stone's just going, yeah, they did that. They modeled that character after me. I'm like, is that a good thing? <laughs> Ego do, you, much? do you really want Wally? people to know this? Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> what was the other thing I said? While in New York City for pre-production and casting meetings, Schrader was uh, mopping uh, in a bar late one night when he picked up a young woman. Uh, he said, I was shocked by my success until we got up into my hotel room. And I realized that, number one, she was a hooker. Number two, she was underage. And number three, was a junkie. And so, well, at the end of the night, he said he he left a note for Marty at the front desk to go, um, Iris is in my room. Uh, we're having breakfast at nine. Will you please join us? And he completely revamped his character after this prostitute that he picked up one night, not realizing that she was a prostitute. Wow. And we're 12. He wrote here. We're Jody Foster. It's just so we came down. <laughs> Mar so so we came down, Marty came down, and a lot of the character virus was rewritten for this girl who uh, who had a very short attention span of about 20 seconds, and apparently um, the prostitute's name was Garth. Party on. <laughs> <laughs> Garth. You need to check those drawers. All right. Uh, last bit is your favorite, casting. Oh, okay. Paul Schrader wrote the part of Travis with Jeff Bridges in mind. Oh, because of Last Picture Show? Maybe. I don't know. Right. That's not who I would have cast. Uh, Scorsese said he offered the role of Travis Bickle to Dustin Hoffman. I could... Where are you going there, James? Yeah. <laughs> you were going to say... You can't you, say it? You going to do a Rain Man impression? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely $5. I'll do it for definitely $5. <laughs> It's good. Uh, Better than De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> Better than De Niro. <laughs> talking to me. He's talking to me. He's, he's talking to me. He's definitely talking to me. Definitely talking to me. Uh, apparently, according to Hoffman, uh, he turned the role down because he thought Scorsese was crazy, and he has since regretted the decision of turning down that role. Wouldn't I'm have been glad the same, he did. Though. No, not at all. I don't think it would have made much money, and people were going, what the fuck are we watching? It, been, it could have been good. It, it would have been weird, though. But yeah, that's... Mm. Kaitel was originally offered the part of the campaign worker, Albert Brooks. No. He decided to take the role as the pimp, which works better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Melanie Griffith was originally offered the role of Iris. Gross. Oh, Iris. Okay. Yeah. Well, at that time, that's... Yeah. I was... <laughs> you were thinking Sybil Shepherd's yeah. Betsy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, her mom, Tippy Hedren, said, uh, no, you got to turn that down. I didn't know Melanie Griffith's mom was Tippy Hedren. I didn't realize that until I just read it right here. Maybe a moment earlier when I typed it out the other day. Do you think when Tippy Hedren would go through the park, she would avoid the birds? <laughs> You'd think. Or at least clock where they are and keep notice of where they are so they don't. Okay. 
And then before Jodie Foster was eventually cast as Iris, there were more than 250 applicants for the role. Come on down to the... I mean, just... We need some underage prostitutes. If they had made this in 1996, John Benet Ramsey would not be dead now. Oh, God. Her garbage parents would have cast her in this instead of she would beating her to death in the basement <laughs> of their house. I want to see that movie. <laughs> we should write it up. <laughs> let's sit down. Let's storyboard some shit. The Babysitter's Club. Uh, okay, so... Part t- six. Uh, <laughs> um, two... So 250 applicants. Um, Anybody famous out of that 250? There are. Carrie Fisher. Oh. Carrie Fisher would have been good. Mariel Hemingway. Could have been good. Bo Derek. Yeah. Kim Cattrall. Rosanna Arquette. Christy McNichol. Rosanna Arquette, is she the one with all the shit in her face? (laughs) No. (laughs) That's Jody. Foster. That's my wife. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, And Michelle Pfeiffer. We're all. All of I could see all of them. Yeah. And I went, hey, that'd be great. I'm going to recast this movie. And then went, nope, I completely blanked on everything but my main character when we get there. Uh, I had one, two, three, four kind of deep dive, maybe unanswerable questions that would be interesting to talk about with this movie specifically. This has been Six Pack Trivia. Why do you think Travis Bickle wanted to assassinate Pal- uh, Palpatine? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even hold myself back from saying that one. It just rolled out Palpatine. Palantine. <sighs> Strike you down. Well, do you know anything about like serial killers and shit like that? You want to be famous would be my guess. No, he's, he's got a fixation. Okay. And the only way to make his brain – this is – I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, so clearly I'm a fucking psychologist. Yeah. But the, the Dr. Travis. The very fundamental idea is they've got a fixation on either a woman or a person or whatever, and to quiet the voices in their head, they have to purge the fixation, but it also allows them to keep it in such a way. If you kill a person, they never age, right? Right. It's almost like a sexual thing. It's not sexual, but it's on that same A part. fixation. Of, so okay. that's a long way around. He's just He's fucking nuts. James, James, do you? I was. I, that's I, this is the only part that I always struggled with for me was why he was focused, why he wanted to kill Palantine. I think he wanted to do it for Betsy because if he wasn't in the way, she could remember focus. he kept saying she was trapped. You're trapped. You're trapped in hell. Yeah, you know. So what better way to do that than to go ahead and kill Palantine? Okay, or Palpatine, or whichever. <laughs> Palpatine, Palantine, they're all the same. They're all politicians. They're all pieces of shit. The attempt on my life has left me scarred. <laughs> <laughs> There's your connection with, uh, you got uh, Samuel Jackson with our next it's half. Just, and it's everywhere, man. Yeah, man. We're all connected, bro. <laughs> Why do you think, Nathan? Uh, that's, the one, that's the one that I couldn't answer, and so I wanted to get your guys' take. I did a little research, and... It said here that Schrader said Palantine represented a man who was at ease, and since Travis was not at ease, mm. that troubled him. And so he hates men that were relaxed with women, and mm. that's the reason why he wanted to take sure. Palantine out. Obviously, the additional I – think, I think it works better for Betsy. It frees Betsy. 
Right. Uh, Scorsese has a tendency to make movies with ambiguous endings. Yeah. This yeah, one yeah. shows a great deal of ambivalence about fame. And for example, Pickle becomes a media hero for shooting Sport, the pimp, and the other gangsters at the end of the film, but he did not do it for heroic reasons. And instead, Bickle shoots the gangsters because he is propelled by the same murderous rage and desire for fame that led him to first go after uh, Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Do you think that Travis is dead and what you're seeing at the end is a fantasy play through his conscious before he dies? I think he's in a coma. I don't think he's dead. I think he's in so you a don't coma. at the end. You don't think he's driving the taxi around? That's no, all kind of going in not. his head. I think the newspaper clippings, the letter from Iris's parents, all that is just all a fever dream. But you don't think he died? I don't think he died. I think he's in a coma. Okay. See, I think I go one step further. I think he's, I think he's driving the cab again. You think he mm-hmm. he's worked his way through it? Yeah, then that's my little fantasy ending, because you don't work through that shit. No. You have to get help to get through that shit. Because uh, I put down here, I'm like, theories about the movie's ending and, and the reason why the camera moves up and out of the scene of violence so slow, like in that slow motion, is that it's Travis's soul that is leaving his body before he dies. And what you see is just a wish dream fulfillment of Travis before. So so I have a question. If, if, we, if we are to assume that... <clears throat> That is the case. That's his spirit leaving his body or whatever. Right. Do you think he pooped his pants when he died? <laughs> I would think so because I don't think he had a chance to evacuate the bowels. <laughs> Suck on this. Wait a minute. Oh, <gasps> he shit himself. <laughs> Not before he shot himself. Because you know. <laughs> no, I didn't say he shot himself. I said he shit himself. <laughs> I don't need a gurney. I need a mop. Oh. I thought that the cops arrived rather quickly. Yeah, yeah, I definitely clocked that too. Like, yeah, they, you would they think really that the cops would be like, oh, not 70s, again. Mid seventies era cops really break their ass to get to a tenement to break up a pimp and a John fighting over a thirteen year old prostitute. Yeah. Well, oh, there were shots fired in the Bronx. Okay, we'll get right on that. <laughs> we'll, put out a, we'll put up a dragnet. We'll get the SWAT team out. We called the wrong number. This is nine one two. Who would answer the phone at nine one two? Is that like sanitation? Chief Wiggum. Chief Wiggum. <laughs> ah, fuck. I called Springfield again. Uh, do you think that Travis is actually alive at the end? Is the other part to that? Then? I can see both. I can see. I can see both. I can actually but, see all three. He's coma. He's dead. And this is. Or he's still. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll be honest. I feel like the camera panning up was his ambiguous ending. And like, fuck, I don't know how to end this. Just pan the camera up and then fade to white. <laughs> it's just an artistic choice. Um. Uh, I put down here, Mike, if he's actually alive and lived through the ordeal, are we to believe that he's still having issues that his sanity or is, or is his sanity still fractured? Because is that paranoia still there? Because you get that when Betsy is his, his fair. And right after she leaves, there's that, that little music cue. And he looks back up at his rear view mirror. And I'm like, is he, that's, it's, See, that's like, the only thing that is it just a matter of time until he snaps again? That's that's the only thing that makes me think it's a fever dream because there's no way she would go near that guy again. What if she didn't realize it when she got in the cab though, and he's already taken off, and then went shit, and then she realizes it's him? Yeah. Oh, um, actually, I'm going right here. Stop. <laughs> She's a smart gal. Uh, that's other the than only going thing. into the porno it theater, should have been it should have been any other person that got in the cab instead of Betsy. Should have been no one we knew. Or maybe someone that maybe they could have pulled a misery where it looks like her for a second and then he snaps back and it's uh, not her. That would work. That might have worked better. You listening, you Marty? Would think, yeah. 
You need to make some changes. Re- you need, you Netflix, need to George Lucas it. You can, you can, <laughs> you can youngify Robert De Niro now. You can oldify. You can bastardize this movie. Um, then the last part is like, how do you actually interpret the the final image of the film with the music being very dark and foreboding, and all you see are all the cars coming down the street? That's, James, I still think it's still part of that fever dream. Okay, I just I, the city is an organism. The city is alive. The city. Yeah. The disease goes merrily on. My, kind my of thing. I look at it as like the final image you see with just all the amount of cars is that most of them are probably taxis and there's probably more than one Travis out there. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. It almost has because Bernard Herman was used in other Hitchcock films. There's just that. It almost reminds me of Psycho, that last bit of note mm-hmm. or two that hits before it fades to black. Yeah, it very much still has that same vibe going for it um i love the yeah it's the uh when he goes to take betsy to okay so james when nathan and i first decided to do this podcast we were going to do like a a riff thing and we were going to actually watch two movies yeah and then do like a riff tracks kind of thing yeah and the first two movies we did were uh manhattan and mean streets yeah because they were like oh no it was um it was yeah it wasn't manhattan it was um annie Annie Hall. hall yeah Two different views. Two how people how it's like two a cane, New Yorkers it's like a, look like a at Cain and Abel. Kind well, it's of like thing. a day and night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Woody Allen's New York mm-hmm. City is daytime, where beautiful Art Deco. Yeah, you're like, silver. oh wow, Manhattan, it's gorgeous, it's freaking beautiful. And then you go to Mean Streets, and it's at night, oh, and you're like, oh, oh is shit. that cum? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, don't step in it. Why are those um, two hobos fighting over each other's penis? <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to dock. Um, <laughs> that diner scene when he takes Betsy to lunch, it's it's an anti Annie Hall scene as well. Okay, like the yeah. way that, the way they talk, it's it's flirty and playful when Woody does it. You know, and there is still a. I'll give them this much at when they're sitting at the table having the conversation. He gets the pie and and what. There's still a bit of that chemistry that's there. There because is. She's, it, that's yeah. a hot scene. It like, is. That's a like. In a, it's like a. Romantic, and then he ruins it by going to a porno theater. <laughs> But it's the it, couples. All couples go to this. Like there's there's a there's a sexual tension there. Yes. Whereas with it's like this dark sexual tension on his part on yeah. Travis's part alone with like uh, Woody and uh, what is her name Diane Keaton. There's that still that back and forth that playfulness that flirtiness. Mm-hmm. But it's it's good natured. You know he know he just wants to go back to the apartment or wherever and have sex with with Annie Hall. What else does Travis want to do? Like is he gonna Cut her up, of, make some sort of stew, make a leather wallet out of her skin. Yeah, I, you don't know. Well, it says black, bad motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would say you talking to me. Question oh, mark. oh, yeah, that would that seems more appropriate. <laughs> Go in the bag and get my wallet. Which one is it? It's the one that it says, says you, you talking, talking to, to me. me. <laughs> it's in the shape of a gun holster. <laughs> Made in Mexico. That's it. That's what she wants. Yeah, he's going to turn her into a, a gun holster for his thirty-eight <laughs> special. What's going to say on it? You know, you you looking at me. me? <laughs> yeah. You talking to me? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, it's funny we say that because it's going to take me to my favorite scene. Oh, you dick. Okay. Before you do that, what? can you make it the extended? Because it's my favorite scene, too. Is it? Mine starts the with, whole cu- listen the up, whole... you screwheads, you fuckers. It's not that. Doesn't it? it no, that's not my favorite scene. But do you want to play your favorite scene? Your favorite scene is you talking to me, right? No, it's not. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, what's your favorite scene? <laughs> All together. Well, only a jackass would carry that cannon in the streets like that. Here. Here's a beautiful... Handmade holster I had made in Mexico. Forty dollars. Three fifty for the Magnum. Two fifty for the thirty-eight. One and a quarter for the twenty-five. 
150 for the 380. You take this and wait here, I'll walk down with you. How about dope? Grass, ash, coke, mescaline, downers, nebutol, tonal, chloral hydrates. How about uh, uppers, amphetamines? No, I'm not interested in that stuff. Crystal meth, I can get you crystal meth. Nitrous oxide. How about that? How about a Cadillac? I get you a brand new Cadillac with the pink slip for two grand. A young Sam <laughs> Walton. <laughs> I, I, what I put down here, Mike, after Easy Andy has made $915 off of four handguns, which, by the way, is a little over four grand in 2020 money and for a illegal firearms. And a holster. It made in Mexico. Handmade. In Imported. Mexico. Uh, he tries to get as much money out of Travis as possible. Like, why not try to sell him everything else I can possibly offer, up to and including a Cadillac with a pink slip? For two grand? I'd go for that. <laughs> I just love... And apparently, this was Scorsese's buddy, who's not an actor normally. He'd ad-libbed most of that scene. Nice. And I think it works really well. But It he, does. But... Um, it's not, I think, who the producers initially wanted, but they trusted him to do what he wanted to do. And I think that scene actually—it's a memorable. Really well. He's a memorable character. Yeah, right? and he's, he's in one scene. His energy is yeah, what his, does it. yeah, absolutely. Uppers, downers, I don't screamers, laughers. <laughs> How about some nitrous oxide? <laughs> whoa, whoa, we said whoa. nitrous. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I can do nitrous. Got some uh, ether. <laughs> Forgot about the ether. Want some ether? <laughs> what? You don't have zigzags. You don't have black cats. <laughs> Okay, so if we're talking favorite scenes... Yeah, he, did, he stopped shy of illegal fireworks. What's <laughs> that what? Yeah. <laughs> Got some M80s. <laughs> Cherry bomb. Um, okay, so that's my favorite kind of scene, because I didn't want to go initially with the traditional you talking to me, but yours, you said yours is not necessarily that. It's what leads up to it. Yeah. It's, His voiceover. It's a, it's a montage, and he's it's, it's it's him driving through the streets. This is a man who wouldn't... I'm not going to play the clip. He stops him. He, he corrects he himself He keeps once. correcting himself, and yeah. that's, what's, that's why I like it, because he's... You can tell he's crafting a his own character he's trying to he's got this sense of self-importance that isn't it's false right and he's he's trying to write this manifesto or whatever this is a man who wouldn't take any more this is a listen up you, you screw, screw heads, heads you fuckers. fuckers and then it, it slowly transitions into that you talking to me scene i love the sound design in that specific scene alone because you get that the ambient sound the airplane mm -hmm. passing overhead do you think just, it's actually sound design or is it just ambience? It may have been ambience. I don't know. Either if it wasn't, it was a brilliant touch. If sure. it wasn't put there on purpose, but they're like, "Fuck!" The mics picked up the airplane. Well, who cares? Yeah, he lives it's, in New York he City. He lives in New York City. There's noises everywhere. Then that works as well. But what I also like about it is you slowly tune it out, like you would if you lived in the city. Like you don't. Oh yeah, you don't pay attention. To you that. you hear it, but you don't hear it. You know. Yeah. What was uh? What's your favorite scene? So I got favorite. Can we do favorite line and favorite scene? Yeah, yeah. Go okay. For it. So my favorite scene was the one with the Secret Service, <laughs> where he walks up to the Secret Service guy and is like, "Hey, what do you carry? You carry three fifty seven bazooka? Yeah. Anything bigger than that? Hand cannon? Yes, yeah. we carry hand cannon, sir." And then him telling you know, "Hey, why don't you give me your name and address, and I'll send you all the information." Yeah, I love that. A, uh, absolutely hilarious. Yeah, my name is Peter Scolari or whatever he says. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Scolari. <laughs> I live it. Yeah. Anyway, so but my favorite line. He's a bosom buddy. He was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My favorite line was, um, "Loneliness has followed me my whole life. Everywhere, in bars and cars, sidewalks, stores, everywhere. There's no escape. I'm God's lonely man. That's tattoo worthy right there. Ooh. Yeah, that is a good one. That'd be a, that'd be a big one. Like a yeah. back piece. Would you get it in like taxi font? Would you get it in like? Oh yeah, taxi font. That could be cool. Yeah. Black and white checkered. 
<laughs> Yellow shading? Yeah. That's pretty good. I like that. Okay. If you're going to make one change to the film, is there anything that... Like magic wand. What's your magic wand, Falcon? Get rid of that Scorsese scene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cut, like, all together. You do realize he's also, like, towards the beginning when he's... He, the homeless he's, guy sitting on a... Yeah, he's just the, sitting yeah, there. Yeah, Betsy walks by. Yeah. It's almost like, was he supposed to be there? Or was like, fuck, I'm in the shot? I don't... That doesn't matter. We'll just, we'll just go with it. Hey, Hitch, it's kinda, Hitchcock always did it. Yeah, yeah Hitchcock always did it. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Um... I, I said it earlier. Don't don't give him a name. Make him a nameless. To us, he's nameless. Every all of his friends. Betsy, you just make him driver, like in drive. Just drive. You don't ever know his yeah, name. He's the just same way. Driver. The same. The exact same way. Yeah. It's almost like taxi driver. Just driver. Yeah. See, now I have a third movie that would. <laughs> I didn't. With. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a good one. Uh, um, that would be my magic wand. We don't know his name. My magic wand is. I think they changed. I think they edited. I think they shot scenes and then recut them together out of sequence. Absolutely, because because of his, hair. his hair. Yeah, and it throws too. me off every time. Lisa noticed it this time because I wasn't paying attention because I was typing something. I was like, his hair just changed. I'm like, oh, that's right, his hair goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if they're like, we need to paste this out differently. And so I think that's it's a it's the same thing as the camera shake when uh Henry beats the fuck out of the Corvette guy in Goodfellas. Oh yeah. Okay. It's there and you notice it but you forget it you because it everything around it is fucking gold. Yeah. You know. Okay. So, I've been dying for this one cuz this is the first thing I did. I pulled up the menu screen to watch the DVD and I was able to recast this movie quickly. So, I'll let you guys go first. Who Falcon, who would you who did you did you recast anybody? Who did you recast and who would you recast? In this movie, with so him. I took th- I took three of the leads. I took uh, Travis Bickle, I took uh, Betsy, and I took Iris. Okay, okay. So for tra- uh, for Travis Bickle, I picked uh, Christian Bale. Okay, to play him, I okay. think he's versatile. He's he can play that. As long as he has to use the Batman voice, we're okay. Yeah, <laughs> Batman voice. <laughs> Christian Bale now. Christian Listen, Bale, you, you. screw him. Christian Bale from the mechanic from the mechanic. Okay, yeah. Machinist. Okay. The machinist. That's it. The yep. machinist. Yeah. Okay. Super skinny. Yeah. Emily Blunt as Betsy. Oh, all right. I like her. She could play that innocent, you know, slightly naive. But also knows Betsy. there's a little more going on underneath. Yeah. Okay. And then for Iris, I picked a young Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, I know the name. Okay. Scarlet She's... Witch from yeah, the Avengers. He... Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that. Her from Marcy Mary. I would Marlene. cast Mary Kate and then Ashley, depending on the scene with Iris. <laughs> <laughs> well, two sisters they have to play a body double. <laughs> They're both the same age. Mary who would be the, who, <laughs> who would be the twelve year old prostitute and who would be the body double? <laughs> you got Kate it, dude. <laughs> like fifteen dollars to have a little fun. You got it. That's dude. that's good. I I could only do Travis Bickle. I chose Edward Norton. So oh yeah, I. that's a good pick. He, so did I. <laughs> Funny. I initially said when you s- took a shot or whatever and said this isn't. I'm like, what? Sam Rockwell? You're like, no, that would have been good too. It's the but. Uh, and I'm like, oh. And I almost wrote down Sam Rockwell, and then I kept thinking about it and went, well, I can't find. I can't think of anybody else for any of the other roles right now. I'm my racking my brain way too hard for this. So I'm gonna go with Edward Norton because he can shift so easily into neurotic and then calm. Falcon, I'm trying to find the picture that I sent to Nathan. Have fun editing this out. Yeah. That picture, based on that. Oh yeah. He looked like Edward Norton. Yeah. To me, and that's and I was going for Primal Fear era. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. First role. Yeah. Yeah. 
Edward Norton. Okay. Before he became a gaping asshole. <laughs> yes. Thanks for that imagery. <laughs> I'm still trying to get rid of it. Is it Edward Norton's gaping asshole, or is it just... His, his overall demeanor. <laughs> he'd like to ask you a few questions. Uh, Betsy, uh, today, Emma Stone. Oh, yeah. Mm, okay. Should be a little bit more sarcastic. It's all right. Uh, you, could, uh, you could either let her play it that way or tone it down. Yeah. I love the way Sybil Shepard plays it because she's almost – you almost think she's an idiot. There's nothing going on. Yeah, let's and go she, to this porno theater. That's almost that's right there, man. She's saying, let's fuck. And I, when she says that, I'm like, what's wrong with that, Sybil Shepard? <laughs> I put all my cards out on the table. Yeah. When, look, I'm when you man, met me – I'm not a mystery. When you met me, I was a three-card Monty. <laughs> uh, for Iris, Chloe Mortez. I thought about her – for a moment for Iris and I was just like mm, yeah that would work but and then I just for sport whoa Travolta <laughs> <laughs> like Mr. Carter uh, age he's got to be kind of young 78 like, yeah 78 okay. like Saturday Night Fever era Travolta yeah kind of that swag whoa that's more I'm a pimp <laughs> <laughs> it's like a soul weird <laughs> I like his coke ring <laughs> Coke is Coke nail. Coke nail. Coke nail. Coke nail. What does he keep calling? He keeps calling him not a narc, but uh, yeah, he does call him a narc. Narc. Okay. A copper as well. Copper Copper. too. Yeah. Whatever narc. But yeah, I mean, with him wearing like those, yeah, with the glasses and the shorter haircut, when he, yeah, how could you not initially assume he's got to be undercover, really bad, awkward, all gangly? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Similar or equal film? I have two. You want to go first? Oh, no. I want to go last. But mine's okay. going to blow you away. All right. All right. I will go first. Okay. I picked one. I picked uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler. I've not seen that. It's uh, He's a morally compromised photojournalist who roams the city uh, at night trying to find uh, bad things in order to right then, on them. then shoot the footage and then sell it to the highest bidding uh, news channel. So he's not creating the... No, he's okay. not. But... There's just that would this, make him a James Bond villain, right? There's this this socially awkward disconnect that he has from the world, and then this carnal drive to get the the best footage, the worst footage, to slightly alter some stuff in order to get the best footage. The movie makes you feel dirty. You can't turn away from watching it because it's really fascinating. But then it makes you want to take a shower just right after, just like watching Taxi Driver. Okay, it has that same kind of vibe. Seven. Okay. David Fincher. Mm, okay. And the one I thought of, same thing. It's just That's... wet and gritty, and it's not this, not a similar story. It's not dissimilar, but it's not a, it's not a one-for-one. One. Right. But it's about a crazy guy. I think it's in New York, too. They, they purposefully let you know that you don't know what city it's in. And you don't know his name. Right. John Doe, but... It's Kevin Spacey. Um, Duh. I mean, didn't you know that? And the one I thought of that actually I think is more of a one-to-one comparison I thought of and listened to the uh, the trailer would be Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Have you seen that, Nathan? Mm-mm. It's uh, Michael Rooker. Right. I've s- I know of it. I have not it's, seen it. It's, to me, it's a little harder to watch than Taxi Driver. It's not as, it's not as well done okay. by any means, but it's, it's a great movie. Um, it's disturbing as fuck. And it makes you feel that same kind of. There's a well. There's an underage prostitute in it too. Seven and Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, Falcon. So I'm gonna go with the Searchers from John Ford uh-huh. with John Wayne. Uh-huh. 
both deal with alienation, both deal with loneliness. Right. Both of them are veterans. Um, uh, both of them are trying to, to rescue save a women. Girl. Yeah, okay. they're both trying to rescue women at the same time in a misguided way. Yeah, huh? That's a good pick. Has yeah. issues with Native Americans, <laughs> even though he shouldn't. Well, and that's the thing. If you look at sport, before oh, yeah, he, he kills the headband, him, he's got the, the, the headband band, on with yeah. a little feather in it. No shit. Yeah, I like that. I haven't seen the Searchers in a long time. Yeah, well, Scorsese was. You can kind of tell that he he was inspired by a lot of john ford's stuff oh yeah well, i think anybody in that era was in that era yeah ford. absolutely and so i now that's a good that's a good that's a weirdly that's a weirdly good recommendation that you wouldn't gravitate towards initially you know but you that that's good Fuck yeah, you, it's funny yeah. because i watched the searchers two days before i the first time i watched taxi driver and I finished watching Taxi Driver, and my, my wife's sitting next to me, and I get out of my office, and I walk over, and she's like, what's the matter? I said, I think I just watched, like, an R-rated version of The Searchers. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's got that same feeling, and describing the alienation wow. and everything. And then when I watched it the second time, after I upped up my medication and uh, <laughs> my antidepressants and watched it the second time, uh, yeah, definitely The Searchers. It's, it deals with that alienation. It deals with those two characters who... They're veterans. They both got PTSD, and they both have to struggle to <laughs> to survive in this world that they're in. I like that too. Does it still hold up? Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Taxi Driver is just as unsettling, disturbing, and brilliant as it was the first time I saw it twenty plus years ago. Um, I, I put down here, I'm like, I've never suffered from loneliness like to the likes of what Travis ex- experiences in this picture, um, and I especially have never suffered from what appears to be. Um, serious post-traumatic stress disorder from fighting over uh, in Vietnam. But it's extremely fascinating how, like, the human psyche works, um, how loneliness fueled with bouts of insomnia and, and how that can alter your – and how you perceive the world around you and that if you don't get help, that things get much worse. Yeah. Like, it's it, basically what I said. He's in, it's, it's all in his – 90% of this movie is in his head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, he's just living in his own echo chamber, and he's the only one making any noise. And anything that comes in is filtered through his head, and it's it's him saying it. Whether it, uh, you fucker, you've got me saying Palpatine now. <laughs> um, whether Palantine says something to him, or he, it I gets, can feel the anger. <laughs> <laughs> Unleash the force. <laughs> you don't want to charge me for my fare. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just fuck, man. If you need help, get help. Oh, I think this totally holds up. I think I think if you were to if this was made today, it still would it would still resonate. Very few changes could be made, and this could be made today. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think it would be. I think that it probably would not be a theatrical picture anymore. It'd probably be like a Netflix, Hulu. They tried Amazon, to do that well, like because of the guns miniseries kind of thing. They tried to do that with that Betty Gilpin movie. The is it The Hunt? Yeah, they squashed that because of the guns. But in it's it. coming out in a th- well, couple of weeks. They, people had to piss and moan for them to okay for them to release it. But mm. you could do the right channels. This could get made today because there's not even a tremendous amount of gun violence in this movie. No, it's all at the end. Yeah, it's just implied. It's right. the same thing as fucking Janet Lee's bloody body in Psycho. Yeah. You don't see it. Like, you think there's a lot of gun violence in this, but there's not. Well, like you said. the it's first like the, time you see it and you're not used to that, you know, that guy getting half his hand blown off is a little unsettling. 
it's cool. As it's fuck, cool, though. but it's but for '76, that was like. I still remember raw, watching man. this in my parents in my room at my parents' house that night when I when I got it, and I was like, "Fuck, I better turn this down if they hear me watching this." <laughs> this was this is basically your mom going, "Oh, I can't show him Goonies now. He's seen Taxi Driver." <laughs> That's what happened when I was a kid. I got Stand by Me instead of Goonies. You have fun listening to that later be on sure, this season. Be sure, be sure to tune in later this season when we watch Goonies and Stand by Me and <laughs> <laughs> listen to Travis. Ruin Goonies. I'm, I'm not going to watch that part, the Ray Brower part. I'm still not going to watch the part. And uh, when we do RoboCop, I'm not watching him kill Murphy either. Just so you know that. I'm not watching either of those parts. You're a pussy. Flashback. I, call me what you My dad always told me when I was a kid, now you're going to be hanging out with guys and they're going to offer you drugs and you're going to say no, right? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. yep, I'm going to say no. And he was like, so you got to work on your lying, son. He was like, you're going <laughs> to say no. And they're going to go, you fucking pussy. And I'm like... Yeah, I don't care. Call me a pussy. I don't want. I actually didn't want drugs back then, but you, you hold them now. The film that over 65 critics chose as best film of the year has been nominated for seven Academy Awards. Is that a fact? Including Best Actor John Travolta, Best Supporting Actress Uma Thurman, Best Supporting Actor Samuel L. Jackson, Best Director Quentin Tarantino, Best Original Screenplay and Best Picture of the Year. That's a bold statement. The Motion Picture Event of the Year. Pulp Fiction. Rated R. Good job. Gold star for you. Thanks, Dad. Gold star on this podcast means something totally different than it does on other podcasts. <laughs> what does that mean? It's $50 extra. Oh. Yeah. No one on earth says motherfucker the way Samuel L. Jackson says motherfucker. Yeah, that's like why. have you ever seen that thing um, where they talk about how versatile the word "fuck" is? Perhaps one of the most interesting words in the English language today is the word "fuck." Out of all of the English words that begin with the letter F, "fuck" is the only word that is referred to as the F word. It's the one magical word. Just by its sound, can describe pain, pleasure, hate, and love. Fuck, as most words in the English language, is derived from German, the word frichen, which means to strike. In English, fuck falls into many grammatical categories. As a transitive verb, for instance, John fucked Shirley. As an intransitive verb, Shirley fucks. Its meaning is not always sexual. It can be used as an adjective, such as John's doing all the fucking work. As part of an adverb, Shirley talks too fucking much. As an adverb enhancing an adjective, Shirley is fucking beautiful. As a noun, I don't give a fuck. As part of a word, abso-fucking-lutely or in-fucking-credible. And as almost every word in a sentence, fuck the fucking fuckers. As you must realize, there aren't too many words with the versatility of fuck, as in these examples describing situations such as fraud, I got fucked at the used car lot, dismay, oh fuck it, trouble, I guess I'm really fucked now, aggression, don't fuck with me buddy, difficulty, I don't understand this fucking question, inquiry, who the fuck was that? Dissatisfaction. I don't like what the fuck is going on here. Incompetence. He's a fuck off. Dismissal. Why don't you go outside and play hide and go fuck yourself? I'm sure you can think of many more examples. With all of these multi-purpose applications, how can anyone be offended when you use the word? We say.
say, use this unique, flexible word more often in your daily speech. It will identify the quality of your character immediately. Say it loudly and proudly. Fuck you! Hey, welcome back into the second half of welcome. Six Pack Double Feature. We are now talking with... Brain detail specialist. Did you James take a radio? Falcon. Did you take a radio course? I did. <laughs> Weather on the ones and twos with Nathan. <laughs> what was it? Dingo and the uh, weenie in the butt. Is that the one on Family Guy? It's Ira and the douche. That's <laughs> Dingo and, and the baby. <laughs> Ninety-seven nine. Nathan and Travis. We don't have a clever name, but we're free. <laughs> we're paying all the money, so you can listen. Oh shit! Yeah, Falcon. Fal- this, this is your favorite, favorite movie, movie. Right? This is my all-time favorite movie. Okay. This is the movie that made me want to be a filmmaker. I can see that. It's it's same as Taxi Driver. I I, I it's I can I, I can tell you one thing. This, I don't this have movies much more rewatchable than Taxi Driver. I can mm, pop this in yeah, a, a yeah. day after and not have to have more antidepressants to watch it. <laughs> I, it's so hard to do first impressions on on. I have uh, what, so how did you feel the first? Do you remember where you were the first time you saw? Oh this? yeah, oh yeah. This one I do. You go first. I was, I was, uh, I, actually, I was taking, I w- used to work for a bank and I took a lunch, said I was meeting a, cl- uh, a client and, uh, I took a long lunch and went to go see Pulp Fiction. So you took a three hour lunch. It's odd I, that the janitor's going to meet a client. I, but. yeah. <laughs> I, I decided to. Like Falcon in his lunches, man. <laughs> I decided to not go back to work that day. I just said, well, I'm going to knock off early. I saw it twice that day. No shit. Yeah. I saw it right at about noon, one o'clock, and then I went and had something to eat, and then went back again like at six. That's a full evening event because yeah. it's two and a half hours. Yeah. Something cool. It was it was awesome. That's okay. I, I get that. My my reaction after I saw it the first time, and I'm pretty sure it was on like Stars, Stars or HBO, okay. was what did I just see? What did I just see? And luckily, we had Stars East, so I could you watch just it go again back and watch the thirty West minutes, version thirty or minutes or later. Yeah. yeah, which is. Very similar to what I did. Yeah. Because you're just... It, like, wait, I thought Travolta got shot. Why is he in the diner now? Wait, what? Did that... <laughs> no, Dad, I'm not on drugs Why right is he now. wearing... Why does he look like he's late Why for did volleyball he looks like game? here and then now he's... Wait. Ha ha, they're your clothes, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, dorks. They look uh, like, like dorks. <laughs> I did not see it in theater. I rented it. And so it was probably early 95... Okay. Um, yeah, same for me. I rented it. Was, it. it was I, out on release. I rented it with um I rented it with Higher Learning. The same Higher Learning and Pulp Fiction. That's a great fucking double yeah, feature that's right a, there. Yeah. Uh that's uh I was watching it late. Who did one? Higher Learning? Who did Higher um, um John Singleton. Yeah, John Singleton. Um Miss him. it's been a long time since I've seen Higher Learning. We should do that one. That would be Higher good. Higher Learning and Boys in the Hood or uh Menace to Society. Yeah. Any of those. There's some yeah. settling gun violence towards the end of that one. Oof. Higher that learning sniper, yeah, Remy, That's, yeah, Michael Rappaport, yeah. That's the All first right. thing I remember seeing him in. Anyway, sorry. Uh, so, well, <laughs> here's the funny thing is I, I put down here on Mike. Here's some personal reflection time on the first time that I saw Pulp Fiction. It was late one evening. I had rented these two movies. I'm still living at my parents' house. I don't. I'm, at this time, I'm pretty sure I don't have a VCR in my own bedroom yet, or TV. I I quickly got there, but it wasn't there yet. So I'm watching the living room. My parents go to bed like <laughs> nine o'clock. Okay. Right. My remember, dad gets up early. I remember that. Okay. And. <laughs> 
I'm watching Pulp Fiction. This movie's long. It's two hour, two and a half hours long, okay? What's the what is the one scene that you think that they're gonna come out? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, now thankfully, when my mom comes down the hallway and sticks her head out into the living room, she doesn't see what's on. She's not paying attention. I've paused it by now. Right. Like and her first thing is, what are you watching? And I don't know why I don't want to say Pulp Fiction, so I don't. So I just jump to the other movie I've rented. Uh, higher learning, like it matters. Number one, what movie? They're never going to watch this to begin with. But I wanted to definitely make sure that they knew I wasn't watching Pulp Fiction. Whoa. Don't know why. And then it was just like, can you please turn it down? We sure. Can, we, yeah, yeah, mom. Yeah, <laughs> got, got it. it. But <sighs> of all the all the time. Perfect timing oh. is Marcellus Wallace taking both inches of that white yeah. dude. That was my first introduction to Pulp Fiction. It's gone downhill ever since. Oh. <laughs> it was. I remember I, it being on. I'm pretty sure she probably would never even remember that that happened. Now, if it, I asked her, this movie passes the. My, I sure did though. This movie passes the. My dad laughed at a part of it <laughs> test, which okay. is uh, toward the end, which. Go into that bag and get my wallet. Which one is it? It's the one that says "bad motherfucker." And just from his gut, my dad laughed it's, it's, because you're not expecting that. Because come, yeah. yeah, because of course, what else would his wallet say? Right. <laughs> Property of Jules Winfield. Please return if found. No, it's this "bad motherfucker." And you just care the, of Marcellus. That's Wallace. such a cowboy line, you know. Yeah. It's, it's. I just I love how that's transcended into BMF on his lightsaber. <laughs> he had that card on his lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's well, also, there's uh, uh-huh. if you watch the uh, Winter Soldier, the scene where um, uh, Nick, Nick Fury, Fury is, is standing next to a tombstone, it actually says Ezekiel 25. Oh, that's right. That's I forgot sweet. about that. I love that. I totally forgot about that. Man, that's great. You had some esoteric questions about Taxi Driver. I don't have esoteric questions. I don't think regarding this one. I have. They're not esoteric necessarily, but they're just some I've always wondered. Okay. <clears throat> Please refrain from giving a boring answer. Stretch out. <laughs> what do Reach Brett, out with what, your feelings. <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> what do Brett and Flock of Seagulls actually do for Marcellus? What do you think they do? I don't think they do anything. I think they ripped him off but what without they, realizing that they ripped him off. Well, business, so. But he says business associate. You do remember your business associate, Marcellus oh, Wallace, well. right? They are gatherers. They like to gather things from Marcellus Wallace. Like, say, a soul or diamonds. <laughs> yeah, that was that. My only esoteric question was something that we'd probably discuss at some point was what was in, what, outside of a really shiny MacGuffin, what. He said it's Marcellus Wallace's soul. soul. When but I was the, a kid, I always thought it was diamonds, but the I was other, like, But that was the rumor because it was, it's supposed to be the diamonds from the Reservoir, Diamond Heist yeah, from, from Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. I've heard that. Um, why does he call Brett Brad at one point? He doesn't. I re-listened to it. He says Brett the entire time. I just thought he said Brad. Does he just get kind of Southern with it then? Yeah, maybe, because when I re-listened to it, I played it like three times. Right. And it was... Check out the, the big, big brain on... I thought it Pull said it Brad. Pull it up. Okay. Check out the big brain on Brad. 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 You're a smart motherfucker. That's right. 
other than me, apparently. I'm not a smart <laughs> motherfucker. Because, I, man, no, I know what it was. It wasn't this line, but it threw me off because he does call him Brett. He calls him Brett every other every time. Every other time, but yeah. I never paid attention to that. I always just paid attention to this line, which he does say, Brad. I wonder if it was like Quentin did like seven or eight takes, but the best one, he actually, oh, man, I fucked up. What? I said Brad instead of Brett. No one's going to care. Yeah. <laughs> like De Niro's hair in Taxi Driver. You've seen Taxi Driver, right? Fucking right. Taxi Driver. Fuck it. Fuck it. Shut up right now. Just say the line. Just fucking. <laughs> I gotta call him Brad yeah. three times. No, you gotta fucking call him Brad, Brad three times. You gotta call him Brad, Brad once. once. <laughs> that it will be the only thing that doesn't work for me because that instantly pulls me out. Other it than, doesn't pull me maybe out. Maybe it ever. just humanizes Jules. Maybe he just fucking forgets the guy's name for a second because he's about to say some cold-blooded shit to the motherfucker before he pops a cap in his ass. Or maybe he does it intentionally. My father always taught me if you wanted to show somebody any kind of disrespect, call them by the call them by a different name <laughs> when you're talking to them. You throw them off. <laughs> you throw them off. Does this guy not know that's awesome. who I am? Yeah, that's excellent. He just called me Nick. Nick. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Yeah, you're welcome, T Dog. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I don't either. Arguably, I think this is Tarantino's most rewatchable, just watchable movie. This is his altogether. best movie. This is his best Hands movie. Down. But I think this is the one that I could easily pull out almost any day of the week and just watch pretty much from beginning to end. Absolutely. Minus about 10 minutes that are a little uncomfortable. Which 10 minutes? Well, you know the 10 minutes. <laughs> It's only like thirty seconds. Yeah, well, it, it feels like ten minutes. It's in slow motion. You should be so. Bing Rames. It probably felt more like thirty minutes to him. <laughs> Are we done yet? No, I got to get another angle. <laughs> really? Do you think he wore like the sock thing? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Speed. What was that? Oh, sorry, that was my dick hitting the floor. <laughs> Can we get a sock for Ving, please? <laughs> or a bucket? <laughs> uh, in the opening sequence, when uh, Honey Bunny and uh, and Pumpkin. Um, Pumpkin are talking to each other, do you? This was the first time that I actually paid attention and saw Vincent walking down the hallway towards. I the never bathroom. fucking see it. I always look for. I look to see if they shot him consecutively. I, ca- I caught it this time. I like did, there I've he never, is. I've never yeah. seen it. You'll hear. You can hear Jules too. Uh, talking about can you really? Yeah, if you I, listen to it real carefully, you I think it. yeah, I believe you, you are. When you guys leave, I'm going to watch at least the first you know, thing. Yeah, because um, I've always looked for it, but I've always kind of been half-hearted when I do it. Well, the first sound that you hear is Butch's chopper. What's well, Zed's chopper? Oh, Zed's well, chopper. well, Zed's dead, yeah. baby. Yeah, Zed's <laughs> don't call me baby. I don't like that. <laughs> um, this this film um, taught me how to properly shoot up heroin. Okay. I, I hate. Well, it it schooled me. It educated me on that's. Oh, that's. I had no idea until this film, because of how not pornographic, but it's kind of gratuitous in the. This is how you do it. <laughs> this is how we do it. You know. If you really want to see how you shoot heroin, you should watch Dope Sick Love. That's right. It's that's enough. Oh, uh, it's horrible. Well, it's a good documentary. Yeah. Yeah. I I just I didn't realize that's. Choco. Is it Choco? What's the name of his? Bava. Different, Bava? but equally good. Yeah. And this is Choco. Oh, I keep it. I want three, I want, Germany. I want three grams of Madman. If it's as good as you, you say, say it is, is I'll, I'll come back for another thousand. Uh, let's not do that. Let's not just devolve <laughs> into quoting the fucking movie all day. Uh, here's actually a kind of an interesting question that maybe uh, James knows. Do we know why Vincent and Butch don't like each other? I don't think there's an implied I didn't reason. Know, I didn't know if maybe there was a deleted scene or something that there may just, be. I don't know. No, I it's just the, there's that. I mean, scenes. he walks right up to get a pack of cigarettes, and it's just 
Vince is like, I mean, I got fuck you. I have an idea. Punchy. I have an idea why he doesn't like why they don't like each other. Why? Uh, because Butch is Bruce Willis and Bruce Willis is an asshole. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's an asshole. He's an asshole. I do know that it's Butch that keys his uh, yes. his Malibu. We all, I think. I, did. I just learned that like two years ago. Yeah, I, I learned it not too long ago as well, Mike. I forget. Do you know Falcon where it was? Um, it's not mentioned in the movie anywhere, but. No, it's I, not mentioned in the movie. That's actually one of my trivia pieces. Some asshole too. keyed it. Some fucker keyed it. Some fucker yeah. keyed it. It's been out of storage for five, ye- five, five days, days and some, some jackass keyed it. keyed it. I had it in storage three years. I had it out of storage five days and some dickless piece of shit fucked with it. <laughs> what a fucker. What a fucker. That, okay, listen. <laughs> what was that you're saying you're not going to do? No, I'm going to talk about buying drugs from people. Okay. I've been to many a different house where you're buying weed. Mm-hmm. And have you guys ever, Nathan, I know you haven't. Falcon, have you ever just like gone to the weed guy's house to buy weed? Oh, yeah. Okay. The and you have to house. do that weird, uncomfortable where you don't just, just out of respect for him because you don't want his neighbor seeing you walk in and walk out 35 seconds later. Yeah. Right? So you have to go in there and you have to you hang have to out. Hang. You have to hang for at least 10 minutes. And if you're courteous, you hang for 15 because you'll, you'll match him and you'll burn a joint with him. Yeah. Right? Very oftentimes, like, there's this weird disconnect between your weed guy and you. <laughs> and you, like, you don't, you're friendly. Like, man, did you see that fight? Or do you see fucking Pats, fucking Titans beat the shit out of him or whatever? You try to talk, but you're not friends. Yeah. Like, but you you're have, talking with stranger, like. It's, a, it's like, it's just like going to the bank, dude. It's a you're business standing transaction. In the, yeah, it's a business transaction, yet you may. Strike up a con- an uncomfortable well, conversation with the stranger both- that you're standing in line with. Okay, right? Because you're both. No, you're not. Not not the stranger in line. The right. bank teller. The yeah. weed guy is oh, the bank teller. Okay. Yeah. But you have to have this weird interaction because you're doing that. him a solid by not making it look like he's a fucking drive-through. They capture that so perfectly. It's a good way to work on your small talk. It is. Yeah. Because that's exactly well. All Tarantino. It's not all he does, but he's great at small talk. Yeah. And it's no more to me on display than it is in that talking about the car getting keyed scene yes because you're always looking for something to talk about with your drug guy because you don't want to just talk about the, the which the is also interesting considering the fact that he's been in amsterdam for three years and he's just back why was up. he in amsterdam for three years that's another question now that i'm curious falcon do, do you know? know i mean it's never i i think what happened was he did something for marcellus wallace and to you think he had to go on the lamb yeah I had to skip the country for a bit. Yeah, what place? What better place to go than it? You know, that's it. Amsterdam. I'm just, I'm fucking going. <laughs> that's all. It is, that's all I'm it going. is, too. I'm fucking going. <laughs> um, no, I just, it is odd. That it's a three years later. His he's still obviously pretty tight with his dealer because he just comes right in. Clearly, Nathan, you've never done drugs. And no, that's no. Okay, buddy. That's but okay. after three years, <laughs> yes, you 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 find a good weed guy. You yeah. you find a good heroin guy. You. Stay, stay up with, with him until I never you... did heroin. So remember the time you asked me if I ever did heroin? No, I don't recall <laughs> I was like, that. No, I moved out of Indiana before they became a problem. I don't recall this. I don't know what you're talking about. You did. <laughs> There's deleted footage. <laughs> I don't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I never would have asked you that. I don't know what you're talking about. What doesn't work? Nothing. Move Nothing. on. It's yeah. perfect. <laughs> Hold on. I have three things that don't work. Too much uh, the use Falcon, of the N word. Do you want to replace Nathan on this podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. Too much <laughs> usage of the N word, especially being spoken by Tarantino. Yeah, so but Tarantino considers himself to be black. I mean, there's. Does there's, he? Oh yeah. This. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you ever listen to his podcasts where he talks about his love for black cinema, he I think he considers himself to be black. Wow. You should, someone should buy him a mirror. 
I have two other things. No, I, but we're, we're, talking, we're talking about this right now. The, black, uh, the Tarantino's black? Okay. No, no, not the Tarantino's black. Him saying... That's, that is weird, though. He's one of the few writer-directors that could... Can, that can kind of still get away he, with it, and he's he's starting to catch shit for it. Yeah, uh, rightfully so. But at the same point, he's he he sticks by it, and he's like, "Look, I think it stands out in this one because every time it's usually used in his more current films is it's he's more not, time appropriate." Yeah, and he's not saying it. Yeah, that too. Um, it's still I'm too white to laugh at that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it it's true though. It's. It kind of hits that uncomfortable. Uh, it's not as uncomfortable for me as it as Blazing Saddles is. Uh, okay, anymore. I can see that. So I get I get what you're saying. That that part doesn't that part doesn't hold anymore. But he uh. he still somehow you know how he gets a pass is because Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, He'll, Samuel L. Jackson will keep coming back and doing his movies. So it's like yeah. the blackest, baddest motherfucker on the planet is okay with this little fucker saying it. So. Yeah, right to his face. You can't, yeah, and you can't, you can't say it. Some for some reason, this dude gets a pass. Whether it's his Ooh. love of black exploitation or it's a fancy gourmet shit. <laughs> I want coffee. I want to taste it. <laughs> Bonnie, go shopping. She buys shit. <laughs> All right, so that's one. The other, the other two is Butch calling his girlfriend a retard and Ooh. then acting it out in the mongoloid. Nah, Shut nah, up, nah, fuckhead! Nah, nah. I yeah. hate that mongoloid. That voice. one is also a little. My name is <laughs> My name is, is Fabi. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. And then uh is showing us the hillbilly redneck rape scene absolutely necessary. Yes. Like I agree. The, yes, it is. The pound me in the ass part. There's like Do you remember it? Yeah, if, sure do. If, if the movie was it's taking kind of burned place. in my brain, I don't know if we talked about that story earlier. See, if, the movie was taking place, if the movie was taking place in Mississippi, you could probably get away with not showing it. Oh, but yeah. you know, it's LA. If it was implied, it would be more romantic, I think. <laughs> Showing it shows how vile it is. Yeah. It's not vile because the guy's gay. It's vile because it's a fucking yes. rape scene. <laughs> What's the other one point I put down here, Mike? Uh, how do you convince a man like Ving Rhames to play Marcellus Wallace after he's read past page 100 in the script? <laughs> I think it's because yeah. Ving Rhames is a fucking pro. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can do that. Really? Yeah, I read how it ends. I read how the scene ends. <laughs> okay, I think they paid him an extra. Yeah, there grand. You an extra grand. <laughs> that's it. Thousand dollars. All right. Uh, we found an extra. Th- Harvey found an extra thousand dollars in the budget. <laughs> um, will you do it now? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> it's got. It's got to be in the butt. Yeah, it's got to be. In the butt. Well, it's got to look like it. It's got to look. It's got to, I got to fuck him in the ass three times. No, you got to fuck him in the ass once. once. But it's got to be hard enough to get through his colon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, do you think Butch's dad died from dysentery because he held the watch up yes. his ass I've for always, five years? I've always uh, labored under the impression that because he stored that uncomfortable metal, metal up, up his, his ass, ass for, for three five, years, for five years, five years, <laughs> he died of dysentery. Give me the watch. <laughs> held this hunk of metal up my ass two years for, for two years I, I oh yeah i always thought he got dysentery because of the watch yeah how much damage do you think vincent did to lance's house i thought you were gonna say how much damage you think zed did to marcellus's <laughs> colon <laughs> enough uh, about twenty thousand dollars both ways <laughs> apparently it was only a thousand dollars worth of damage because it was only an extra grand to do uh, that scene weinstein pocketed the rest of that how much damage do you think 
uh, Vincent does does with his Malibu to Lance's car when he crashes it into his house. I mean, there's some significant. Does he crash it into his house? Yeah. Or does he just take out a mailbox. No, no, he crashes into the corner. Yeah, like there's some bricks and everything lying down. That's it's his car oh, does yeah. not look like it could be possibly drivable after that crash. That's what kind of threw me off. Can you blame that on Butch too? Sure. You know, some fucker did. <laughs> drove my car and took it and got this bubble gum hopped up on shit. Drove it into this motherfucker's house. Do you think that's the was last it, time Lance? Trudy's house? You think the last the last time Lance lets him comes over and buy Oh, yeah, heroin? you think? That's how you fuck up a relationship with a drug guy. You don't crash your shit into his house. Yeah. That's why he started dealing to uh, Walt. Not Walt. What's his name? Maggie's trainer. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell was his name? Frankie. Yeah. Thank you. Frankie. <laughs> Walt. What if, no, well, that's, I'm that, not even going to go there. Yeah, yeah, I will. What if the Frankie was Maggie? <laughs> what if the Gimp was Maggie? For, <laughs> million, for Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. Mm. Moving on. <laughs> Prepare to fast forward. Preparing to fast forward. Fast forward. Fast forwarding, sir. No, go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh, favorite line or scene? Falcon, you go first. It's your favorite. Uh, favorite line is uh, when Butch is talking to Esmeralda, and she goes, what's your name? And he goes, Butch. And she goes, what does it mean? I'm American, honey. Our names don't mean shit. shit. <laughs> that scene is really sexy, too. Because inter- the black and white projection on the back, it, it's very, it's, it's, it's classic. It's, it's sexy yeah. in that regard, yeah. and that, that interplay between the two of them is very flirtatious. Yeah. Oh, you killed him. I killed him? Yeah, that's what I said on I the radio. I didn't even know. <laughs> what's he say to, uh, what's the boxer's name? The other boxer? Butch. No, Dick. <laughs> I can't remember. Floyd. Yeah. Sure. Sure, I'm sorry about that, Floyd. Okay. <laughs> now, my favorite scene is the walk-in scene. That dialogue was uh, absolutely amazing. Three and a half pages of dialogue. How much uh, of it was ad-libbed? None of it. None of it? Nope. Is I, Walken not an ad-libber, or is Tarantino a... Tarantino wrote, is a strict... I wrote a comma there. Pause, yeah. please. Okay. Because yeah. so, I followed it with the script, and word for word, line by line, everything that's on there is... Did he write it for Walken's weird yeah. syntax? Okay. Yeah. Based off of uh, Kings of New York. I don't know that one. Yeah. It's, it's all right. I... I watched it for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and then it's I a, turned him a, onto a podcast that had did three movies where he talked with uh, Tarantino, and he talked to Tarantino about Queen uh, King Queen, of New York, Queens, Queens of, of New York, Queens of New York, Queens of New York. It's a drag queen. So RuPaul, <laughs> the only drag queen in Wong to Wong Fu. <laughs> what were their names? Uh, Julie, uh, Miss Vita Boem, Chichi Rodriguez, and uh, Nagzima. We just watched it like six months ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Good for you. Nathan, favorite line, favorite scene? I have a scene, but we'll get into that in a minute. I have several favorite lines. It's really hard to. I'll give you two. I'll give you however many I want to read. And this is not a De Palma film. <laughs> There's the, the conversation while, they're, while they've just finished cleaning up the car, and Jimmy goes, I can't believe this is the same car. And the wolf goes, Well, let's not start sucking each other's just... dicks quite yet. <laughs> Um, and and the other one is that's a pretty fucking good milkshake. I don't know if it's worth five dollars, but it's pretty fucking good. I love that scene because he's clearly 
he's fucked up. Yeah. Because he's slur. He's, yeah. I don't know, that's pretty fucking good. Pretty fucking fucking good. good. Uh, adjusted for inflation, a $5 milkshake in 94 is a $9 milkshake today. <laughs> Yet he'll pay $1,500 in heroin. But he complains about a $5 milkshake. Well, there's a difference between a $5 milkshake and $1,500 worth of heroin. Yeah, I don't know if this is worth $500. One will get you through a 35-minute meal. One will get you through a bad weekend with your in-laws. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Okay. I'll give you one more. Oh, you're going to give me one more? I'll give you one more. Hamburgers! The cornerstone of any (laughs) nutritious breakfast. My favorite was the walk-in scene as well, the watch. Um, So I won't do that one. Uh, it's not also not Ezekiel twenty five seventeen though. I do. Have you guys ever looked that up in the Bible? Yeah, it's not. He's he's Tarantino'd it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it works. If anybody can rewrite the Bible, <laughs> he, he punches it up a little bit. Oh yeah, he does. Um, I really love the that little mini love story between um Vincent and Mia. Yeah, just the whole that the uh, uh, Vincent Vega Marcellus Wallace's wife. That whole up to the point where she. He's got to fucking stab her three times and shit. But the little the little interplay between them, I just I love that. Travolta's not really a good actor. He's all right. Yeah, he's good in this. He's great in this. He's and y- yeah. But what has he done up until this? Like, well, he was on uh, the downslope. Who's talking? Yeah, yeah, he was on the downslope. And remember how they uh, he so he had he ter- revitalized. It might be in your trivia, James. I don't know if it is. I apologize, but if I remember correctly, he had uh, originally it was supposed to be. Michael Madsen. Yeah. But he decided Travolta and then invited Travolta over to his house to play the Welcome Back Cotter board game and told Travolta he was upset with what he let his what happened to his career or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I've got this new movie I'm doing. Well, originally he wanted him to do Dust Till Dawn. That's originally what he wanted him to do. Yeah, Who, Tar- what Tar- part was he going to play? He was going to play, I think he was going to play Tarantino's part. Okay. But Travolta said he doesn't like vampires. And so he asked him about Pulp Fiction. Q, I don't really like vampires. Could I be in like a heroin movie? (laughs) And he he asked him about Pulp Fiction. He says it's already been cast. We have Michael Madsen playing Vic Vega. So he's reprising his role from Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And then uh, I guess something happened and and Travolta was asked to play Vince Vega. Travolta brings so much more heart to it. Oh yeah, he brings a, a, a nice because you don't. I've never seen anything where I go, oh Michael Manson, man, I would have a beer with that guy. I, I say Michael Manson, I would drink at the same bar as him, but hey, I would man, be how's the, it going? I'd be at the <laughs> other, right. I'd be at the other end of the bar, and I would keep a constant eye on him because he looks like he would lose his shit. Yeah, it is interesting that they're brothers, though. Vic Vega and Vincent Vega. It's so cool, I know, you know, I know you have, I know, I know that you have. Uh, they were going to do. He was going to do a movie called The Vega Brothers. Yeah. I want to see yeah, that. Well, yeah. It's too late now. It's not going to happen. To see what would have happened in the Vega Brothers, that would be cool. Vincent Vega has the worst timing when having to take a shit. Or go to the bathroom in general. I'm going to take a piss. Um, By the way, don't get it in my pocket. <laughs> it's <laughs> not in a balloon. What you think is $7 worth of cocaine is about $1,000 worth of China heroin. white heroin. <laughs> No, you bring up a good point, though. I mean, every time he goes to the bathroom, something really Yeah, he goes to take a piss, has his own motivational talk to himself to don't go any further. Have you guys ever had that, like, the Vincent Vega in the bathroom talk to (sighs) yourself? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't? (laughs) Some people, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) But, yeah, he he goes in, and then when he comes back out, she's OD'd. Badly. How long was he in the bathroom? 
Because uh, she was like, talking she... to well, probably not that long. You got to think long enough to OD on some heroin. <laughs> that's which that doesn't that doesn't take long. But she's all like milky out of her mouth. Her I hair's mean, all she's sweaty. It looks like some time has passed. Her eye, like yeah, the reel to reel is probably going. Like, was he in there trying to figure out which way to turn the toilet paper? Uh, <laughs> and then... Gonna go home and do a feet and count. He and goes then- goes to the bathroom, and uh, Honey Bunny and, and Pumpkin decide to rob the diner. And last but not least, hey, I'm on a stakeout in Butch's... I, I got... Hey, uh, Marcellus, why don't you go pick us up some donuts? I'm gonna go take a shit. Here's hoping... You think he was it's picking unfortunate. donuts up? Or had Marcellus... Marcellus was getting donuts, because he gets hit. Oh, he's... Fuck! Yeah, I'm today years old before I realized Marcellus was there with Vincent. Yeah, yeah, he was walking yeah. back to the apartment. Holy and- shit! Well, what's funny is I always think of The Simpsons and 22 short films about Springfield and the play on that one. It's Chief Wiggum walking and it's Snake and he's Wiggum's walking goes donuts. I got donuts and he turns <laughs> over and goes, "Hey, I know you," and then hits him with the car. <laughs> Snake one that just is always like, "All oh, right, yeah, okay, yeah." Like, why is Marcellus doing his own work? No, one, is everyone because- else is looking for him. Well, because like, Jules retired. Yeah, Jules is oh, on walkabout. Oh, I didn't think about that. It would have been That's Jules. That's why I just always assumed Vincent was there by himself because Jules had gone walkabout. And the guy at the... Who's the guy at the bar? Um, My name is Paul. It's pa- between y'all. Yeah. The bartender. But how name? about when I was a kid? I was so fucking dumb. I didn't know that that was just a clever way of saying, like, ain't none of my business. Right. I thought I that guy's that name either. was Paul. I always thought it was Paul, too. Okay. And I was High five for you. being white and nerdy. Yeah. All right. Yay. That was I'm so glad we years. connected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't miss that. <laughs> Do you guys think Steve Buscemi actually got tips and paid for his tables? Jack no. Rabbit Slims? He's a shitty, shitty bartender. He is a, that's a real place, right? Jack Rabbit Slims? No, I don't think so. No, I, don't I think, think so they either. made up that. That's the restaurant I wish existed. Is it? Now, not? there are restaurants that kind of have those themes, but I think okay. it was something that was out of Tarantino's script and imagination. I had it in my head that that was a real restaurant, and I guess that they'd rented it out. My my favorite scene is just, you know, I'm just going to play it. I don't know why I just thought he'd be European or something. Because he, yeah, man, he's about as European as fucking English Bob. I know that right. now. But was he cool or what? Thank you. Totally fucking cool. In control. Didn't even, you know, he didn't really get pissed when you were fucking with him. I was amazed. <laughs> Want some bacon? No, man. I don't eat pork. Are you Jewish? No, I ain't Jewish. I just don't dig on swine. That's all. Why not? Pigs are filthy animals. I don't eat filthy animals. Yeah, but bacon tastes good. Pork chops taste good. Hey, sewer rat may taste like pumpkin pie, but I never know because I wouldn't eat the filthy motherfuckers. Pigs sleep and root and shit. That's a filthy animal. I ain't eat nothing. Ain't got sense enough to disregard its own feces. How about a dog? Dog eats his own feces. I don't eat dog either. Yeah, but do you consider a dog to be a filthy animal? I wouldn't go so far as to call a dog filthy, but they're definitely dirty. But dogs got personality. Personality goes the wrong way. Uh, so by that rationale, if a pig had a better personality, he'd cease to be a filthy animal. Is that true? Well, we have to be talking about one charming motherfucking pig. <laughs> I mean, he had to be ten times more charming than that Arnold on Green Acres, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's good, man. You're starting to lighten up. You've been sitting there all serious and shit. Man, I've just been sitting here thinking. About what? About the miracle we witnessed. 
miracle you witnessed. I witnessed a freak occurrence. What is a miracle, Vincent? Act of God. And what's an act of God? When um, God makes the impossible possible. But this morning, I don't think it qualifies. Hey, Vincent, don't you see that shit don't matter? You're judging this shit the wrong way. I mean, it could be God stopped the bullets, or he changed Coke to Pepsi, he found my fucking car keys. You don't judge shit like this based on merit. Now, whether or not what we experienced was an according to Hoyle miracle is insignificant. But what is significant is I felt the touch of God. God got involved. But why? Well, that's what's fucking with me. I don't know why. But I can't go back to sleep. You serious? You really thinking about quitting? The life? Yeah. Most definitely. Fuck. What's she gonna do then? Well, that's what I've been sitting here contemplating. First, I'm gonna deliver this case to Marcellus. Then, basically, I'm just gonna walk the earth. What you mean, walk the earth? You know, like Kane in Kung Fu. Walk from place to place, meet people, get in adventures. And how long do you intend to walk the earth? Till God puts me where he wants me to be. And what if you don't do that? If it takes forever, then I'll walk forever. So you decided to be a bum? I'll just be Jules, Vincent. No more, no less. No, Jules. You decided to be a bum. Just like all those pieces of shit out there who beg for change, who sleep in garbage bins, and eat what I throw away. They got a name for that, Jules. It's called a bum. And without a job, a residence, or legal tender, that's what you're going to be, man. You're going to be a fucking bum. Look, my friend, this is just where you and I differ. Got some. Coffee. Jules, look, what happened this morning, man, I agree, it was peculiar. But water into wine, I... All shapes and sizes, Vincent. Don't fucking talk to me that way, man. If my answers frighten you, Vincent, then you should cease asking scary questions. I'm gonna take a shit. Let me ask you something. When did you make this decision? When you were sitting there eating that muffin? Oh, yeah. I was sitting there eating my muffin and drinking my coffee and replaying the incident in my head when I had what alcoholics refer to as a moment of clarity. Fuck. To be continued. That's, that's, that's one of the things that I love about Tarantino and his writing is you come in in the middle of a story sometimes and you don't get the end of a conversation sometimes too. To be continued. And that conversation may have continued after they leave the restaurant, but you're not going to hear the end of it because that was all Tarantino wanted you to to hear before all right everybody be cool <laughs> before vincent went took a shit yeah I, I i love that the first time you're watching this and you're like oh my god this is the same diner yeah, I, yeah. what's gonna yeah, happen you're like oh they're gonna shit they're gonna blow yeah. these fuckers away yeah and then, he, and then he, he fucking plays trickster and he doesn't this leads me into now i have a different category specifically for for this you're part of the very episode. prepared today good good job buddy. thank you uh, but before I get into it, my, uh, the, if you could make one change to the film, what would it be? I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change anything at all. That, um, you know, I know like for the commoner, not a cinephile or a film fan, or right. especially a Tarantino fan, the chronological order is a big problem for a lot of people. The reason why they don't like it, that's. You know, every time I ask, oh, hey, do you like Pulp Fiction? Oh, yeah, but, you know, it's not told in the exact order. You know, maybe, you know, I know the DVD version has 
Does it really? I think one of the DVDs that came out came out with a version. You're thinking of Memento. Oh, Memento, that's right. Memento, Memento yeah. has a place in chronological order, which is basically the, the rest of the movie in the exact Backwards. opposite way. I really yeah, yeah. like that Pulp Fiction movie, but I just had to engage my brain a little bit more, more than normal. You're, and you're getting the story that Tarantino purposefully chose to tell you in the way that he wanted to tell you. Yeah. that's Literally, that's why he went and watched it the second time the same day, and that's why I changed it to another channel and watched it again, because it was like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. It's uh, engaging. It it's made you think. think. That's what film is supposed to do. Not all the time, you know, but... So you wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change a damn thing. I know. You I would, have one change. Okay. Um, I would uh, have a time machine, and I would go back in time to the first time I was able to see this, and I would watch it again for the first time. Nothing. I that would, would be good. Nothing. Yeah, I put down here, this one was perfect, so I wouldn't change a single frame. But if I had a magic wand... I want Tarantino's 10th and possibly last film to be the sequel to Pulp Fiction where it picks up 25 years later and we follow Jules as he walks the earth like Kane in Kung Fu. Fuck, what if he does that? That's my magic wand wish. <laughs> that's Mine was, my other one was Vega Brothers. I want to see the Vega Brothers. I'd rather see Jules 25 no, years later. Yours is way better. I mean, come on, imagine, <laughs> imagine he's walking around like Kane in Kung Fu or... Uh, Do you think he's like fully adopted the, incredible the Shaolin seventies, the Shaolin show, style, kind of and he's style. he's like full on Buddhist, or is he still kind of like? Is he still doesn't Jerry quite Curlin? know where God wants him to be? Yeah. yeah, is he still Jerry curled? Is he still kind of like a one foot in both worlds? Is he still kind of dark and dubious, and will do a crime if he has to, or is he fully embraced the the Buddhist mentality? Oh, I don't think he's embraced the Buddhist mentality. Quentin, are you listening? Probably. Not. Yeah. <laughs> Quentin, are you listening? <laughs> Quentin, can you hear me? We have an idea. <laughs> that's, that's really good, man. That's, that's what I want to see. I don't know what I would call it. Just jewels. No yeah, more, no jewels. less. Jewels walks the earth. <laughs> a ju- fucking bum. <laughs> the last movie by... T- a fucking bum. The last movie by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Maybe you should just call it To Be Continued. <laughs> the, the new category that I put down here... Is just it was like what do you think is the most rewatchable scene or segment in the entire film? If you just had Jack Rabbit between Slims. five and ten minutes, Jack Rabbit Slims. Jack Rabbit Slims for you. Mm-hmm. I, I would say Jack Rabbit Slims or um, the the one with Butch and uh, what's her face, Esmeralda Villa Lobos. No, not the cabbie driver, Fabian. Yeah, Fabian. Fabian. Which which one? The uh, well, I guess the only one. Him, where, him. where he loses his shit with, yeah. about the watch. Yeah. Do you, fuck, motherfucker, fuck. I, do you know how many times a month, like, like you want to do that? I no, I say, oh, you fuck, motherfucker. <laughs> like, I I move rocks and shit, building ponds, and right. just being landscaper, and I'll smash my finger, and I say it more often than a grown man should. I, and I'm quoting. I'm not saying fuck, motherfucker. I'm quoting Bruce Willis well, in Pulp Fiction when he's found out. Fuck, motherfucker. <laughs> my dad died from dysentery because of this watch. You realize he says to her, like, do you realize how fucking stupid you fucking are in that scene? <sighs> yeah. And he is. I kind of think like it. it should have been his responsibility to get the watch. Yeah, if it's that fucking important to you, you don't Take it with it. you to the fight. Yeah. Put Wa- it in your glove. You Obviously. Washed, you washed it off first, right? <laughs> no. Wouldn't it be rusty? Yes. The colon hides a lot of moisture. It does. I think it would be rusty. Well, I mean, unless it's made of brass or something. I think... I think my most rewatchable scene is different from both of you guys. I think it's the apartment scene. Uh, it's where Jules and Vincent basically have their conversation about foot massages uh-huh. leading up into the apartment to 
Brad slash Brett's execution. Uh, I think hands down it's the best scene or segment in the entire movie. It demonstrates all of Tarantino's strongest pillars of being a great writer and director. There's incredible dialogue. There's a healthy dose of tension, a brief moment of violence. Uh, while it's not the prologue of his magnum opus, because the prologue is really just honey bunny and pumpkin talking, it's the opening chapter to his story. Before you get into Vincent and, and, and Mia sure, Wallace. Sure, Yeah. And it's right before it slows down. I think it's just that perfect 10 minutes. If you can include the credit sequence where they're talking about Vince being in Amsterdam and the Royale with cheese, great. If you don't, it's okay. But you got to start with them popping the trunk and we should have fucking shotguns for this shit. You know, <laughs> that I think is... Hands down, the the most fun I have watching this whole movie we, is that. We talked about it on soundtracks, but we haven't touched on the soundtrack today yet. Oh, the soundtrack's amazing. If you don't have two and a half hours to watch this movie and you have an hour, you can put that soundtrack you put that on scene and, and you, you relive you it. You get the yeah. whole fucking movie. Yeah. It is, it is, that soundtrack could literally be called 20th Century Classics Volume 1. You got some trivia for us? I do have some trivia. So, as we talked about before, Tarantino said that Butch is the one that keys uh, Vincent's car. Okay, I thought that, and he's actually he said it's actually it should be pretty obvious if it isn't. Yeah, yeah. So, am I? I mean, it makes sense. Uh, So, uh, Uma Thurman actually turned down the role of Mia. Uh, Tarantino called her on the phone and read the entire script to her over the phone. I bet he did. And she finally said okay. Here's hoping it wasn't a mobile phone, because if so, those are going to be some expensive minutes. Who <laughs> did he have anyone else in mind? Was there another? Mm-mm. He wrote it with her in mind. Yeah. Did he ever have anyone else? Like, I really wanted this person, but they couldn't be in it. The only person he had picked to be was Jules. Was Paul Calderon? That's the bartender. That's the bartender. That's okay. the guy that plays. My name is Paul. This is between I mean, y'all. Jules, our man in Inglewood. God damn! What's up with them clothes? You don't even want to know. Sorry, James. Go ahead. Anybody want to know how many times the word fuck's been used? We did that on an episode. <sighs> I don't know if Pulp Fiction was in the top five. I'm going to guess it's got to be 200 plus, but I I, I didn't get my clicker Nathan, you give, you give a number and I'll give a 234. number. 234. I'm going to say 234, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, 265. Jesus. It's a two and a half hour movie, right? Yes. Yeah, that's Do a, you have an average of how off, how how many per minute? <laughs> two sixty five at two hours and thirty four minutes. That's a lot. <laughs> so no. <laughs> that's probably once every couple of minutes. Siri, what's the math on that? Two hundred sixty five divided by two hundred thirty four is about one point one three two four. So uh, Paul Calderon almost got the part of Jules um, when he was doing the when he was doing the the audition. Everybody liked Paul Calderon. But um, when Sam Jackson came in, he just kind of did it nonchalantly, didn't realize it, flew back from New York, back to L.A. to do another to do another audition for it, and that's how he got the part. Sam Jackson? Yep. That would be a totally different movie. He'd be good in it. He'd be good in it, but it'd be it's but he's not, really weird. To Sam see Jackson that. carries those scenes. Yes. And not because Travolta sucks. He just Sam Jackson is just that no. good in it. Yeah, correct. What else has Paul Calderon been in? Kings of New York. That's that's probably oh, his okay. biggest one. You've okay. seen him in other things. You look at it. Yeah. 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 If you look him at him, he's one of those people. You're like, oh, I've seen that guy in this. But he never hit it big. And I have a feeling if he had actually been cast as Jules Winfield. Jules, Jules, oh, he would have just, he would have taken off like a rocket ship. 
Uh, so the bad motherfucker wallet is actually Tarantino's. Uh, he got it based off of the lyrics from Shaft. <laughs> really? Yep. Did not know that. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, if you give fifteen hundred dollars to this piece of shit, I will. What is it? I'll shoot him down in general principle. Jules, alone. if you give if you give that motherfucker fifteen hundred dollars, I'll shoot him on general or principle. principle. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, my last my last one is Vincent is the only character that appears in every segment of the sh- of the movie. Really? Hmm. He does. No, I never thought about that. He is in every segment. <laughs> See, yeah, the only to- segment he's not in is the three and a half minute flashback of Butch's... No, no, hold on. He's in Butch's segment, though. But he is in the segment. Yeah. yeah. He's in the segment. Because he gets killed. See, I always thought he had the shortest. He's in every segment. Oh, it's Vincent Vegas' ghost. Oh, no. I don't <laughs> like ghosts, Mr. Carter. They're weird. <laughs> I turned him into Joey, Joey Lawrence. Lawrence. Whoops. <laughs> I have two. I had four questions, but as I, I read, go back and read them, A, we've already talked about two of them, and they weren't questions. Um, That's amazing. But uh, So I have two questions. Okay. Uh, two more questions. Why does Mia ask Vincent for a rolled cigarette at the restaurant? Is it a joint? No. It's, Can I have it's one of those? just red apple tobacco. Yeah, it's just, just red apple without the filter. Yeah. Yeah. She's okay. got filter cigarettes. Well, the so she wanted she wanted a harsher cigarette. She wanted a deeper burn in the throat. Yeah, in the T zone. Did you ever the smoke, Falcon? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. I know, Nathan. I know you did. Um, okay. No, it is weird though that did they still sell unfiltered cigarettes even in the nineties? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I smoked. I wasn't sure I, for uh, for a bit in two thousand. I smoked Lucky Strike unfiltered. Okay. Yeah. Because that's what Butch asks for at the pack of red apples filters. Nah. Yeah. Uh, and do you think God came down from heaven and stopped these motherfucking bullets? No, because there's holes in the wall. So what happened? Um, that guy's got shitty fucking aim. Is that what? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All so that when adrenaline Jerry, when you so, kick open that door. You in think the it's bathroom, weird? It's Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> that was always the gag, right? Everyone thought it was supposed to be Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. It's. I remember somebody. That's an Arquette. He's. Is that an Arquette? He, no, yeah. it's oh, not an Arquette. Sh- yeah, it is. It's. Uh, That's Alexa. It's, uh, yeah. That what was, was it? Was it Alex? Then it was Alexa. I think that was Alexa. Oh, really? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Now that you say that, but he, I'm today years old, and looked, I found that out. Yeah. So am I. I. But I can see his face. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Play but George he looked very much singer. like. Yeah, but he looked very much like Seinfeld when he comes out. Wow. Die, your mother. <laughs> so you think he just had shitty aim? Well, that and you know the adrenaline he's shooting at fucking. Cannon. Hand cannon. Yeah. What do you think, Nathan? No, I think God came down and stopped those motherfucking bullets, and I want you to fucking acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can attest from shooting a gun. I shot a three fifty seven Magnum. Kicks uh, like a mule? Yeah, it kicks like a mule, and on the little sheet that I had of the body, uh, I hit the very top corner. What you're saying is you're no tackleberry. Yeah. Okay. So someone should have been winged, at least. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Well, no. So, yeah, God came down and stopped Vincent and Jules have shoulders. They don't have corners. He winged him. And I'm trying to remember, because I always remember I, looking back as a kid, like, were the bullets, were the bullet holes in the wall behind them directly, or were they around them? And I can't remember now. I think they were around them. Okay. I think they were as well, but I think they were there before. I'm going to say, for the sake of being a bit cunty, I think the bullets just went through them. I don't think God stopped them. I don't think he missed I think for a minute they became transparent. <laughs> that is the dumbest fucking answer I've ever heard. I need a sandwich. Um, no, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I, I'm more. I'm. 
I don't know, man. I, I have I have a foot in both camps. I, I, I want to think that God came down from heaven to stop these motherfucking bullets, but I also want to think that Jerry Arnett it was just a freak. <laughs> Jerry Arnett. <laughs> it was a freak occurrence, and he just he missed. What's the deal with these bullets? They don't hit anything. <laughs> Marvin, do you think God came down and... <laughs> oh, man. man. Oh, Marvin in the face. How you shoot a motherfucker in the face? I don't know. He must have hit a bump. Corey hit a no motherfucker. The gun bump. went off. I don't know why. <laughs> we said we weren't going to do this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the top. You came back from the restroom. I was reading my recasting and going, what the fuck was I thinking here? Were you on the whiskey bin until you said no more whiskey for you? Uh, very, maybe, very, maybe? very possibly. Very possibly. I don't disagree with it. I'm just, I think. Well, okay, actually, I know where it came from. Can I go first, I guess? With sure, you can go first. Okay. Go for it. Jules Winfield, our man in Inglewood, Rudy Ray Moore. Dolomite, baby. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, okay. Be great, right? Yeah. Okay. Vincent? <clears throat> Do you regret this now? Say I regret this. the reference it's going to incur. Oh. Nicholas Cage. Oh. <laughs> I'm going right. to take his face off. This is the one where I looked at it and I went, What? But uh, it made sense after a second. Uh, Butch Coolidge, 2018 Luke Perry. Yeah, I could see that. What's the connection, I thought? What's the connection, I thought? Oh, yeah, he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Rest in peace, sir. Miss Mia Wallace. I ran this by Jamie. Betty Gilpin from Glow or The Hunt. She played a little different, but she can bring that attitude. She's not not as vixen-y or flirty, but I like Betty Gilpin a lot, I think. She'd be fuck you. She's my Mia Wallace. Quit looking at me like that. <laughs> I don't care. I have I two middle fingers. It's not bad. Both for you. Um, Marcellus Wallace, Forrest Whitaker. All right, like nineteen ninety three Forrest Whitaker for Lance. Oh, that's the only one I did not. I hope you with. both get why I chose Michael J. Fox, but I chose Michael J. Fox. Let's <laughs> <laughs> stab her. Doc, you tell me I got to stab her three times. times. Oh my, you don't got to stab her three times. No, because. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Back uh, to the Future. Yeah, <laughs> fuck is his name? I get recast all the time. Eric Stoltz. <laughs> Eric Stoltz. Yeah. That'd be would so it be, out of left field, man. Would it be Jennifer playing Trudy? That would be funny. <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. Which one's? <laughs> that's which the one's line. Trudy? That's the line that she we the do with, all the time. She the one with all the shit she in her, her face. face? No, no, that's Jody. That's my wife. Why is my Why, wife? Now it's the yeah. voice cracking teenager from The Simpsons. <laughs> Dad, Sorry, you're sir. Friends, you're to my manager. Are you telling me? Okay, that's my recasting. Um, Falcon, Falcon, you go next. Uh, my recasting. I only did three. Uh, I did. I did. I did three and a half. So, so you cast half of Marvin. Which one without the head? Without the head. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would love to have seen Paul Calderon's version of Jules. I think it would have been. Uh, I. I just for me, I totally would want to see that. That would be interesting. It would I be would. interesting because it'd be different. It'd be different. one night only. Watch. Paul Calderon as Jules Vincent <laughs> on today's episode. Jules Winfield. On today's episode, the role of Jules Winfield will be played by Col- Paul Calderon. So I see um, Cameron Diaz for Mia. All right. What era Cameron Diaz? The mask. Uh, like um, the. Uh, is she still kind of thick, or is she thinned down? I mean, she was never thick, but she. Well, there's something about Mia and Cameron Diaz. Okay. Yeah. Ninety. Eight ninety nine. Okay. I love any version of Cameron Diaz. Right. Okay. I'm with All right. You. Okay. And then for Jules and for Vincent, it would be Michael B. Jordan and uh, Robert Patterson. 
The new Batman? Yeah. The vampire? Yes. The sparkly I vampire. I like I vampires. Have, They're whoa. scary. <laughs> whoa. I don't like them at all. Whoa. <laughs> Mr. Cobb, you got any garlic in the closet? Okay. <laughs> How about I was last week years old when I realized he was in season one of The Wire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. We did, too. And then I went, oh, he's so He's baby. He's a fucking baby. Yeah. We were watching it, and I went, fuck, it's Michael B. Jordan. Okay, what's your read? All right, I put down here, I cannot remember when I first wrote this recasting. I think it was inspired by someone saying reclass, uh, recast a um, a modern film with like <laughs> 1940s classic actors and actresses. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to say Muppets. Uh, no. <laughs> so, Fozzie Bear. Fozzie Bear. <laughs> uh, I got to start for three times. Yeah. No, just once. No. Just walk a walk a walk a. Do that. Pepsi One night only. With this shit. One night only. Pulp fiction done by Frank Oz. <laughs> stop her three times, you will. Stop me, please. Go read. All right. <laughs> Are you done? I can't stop. No. I can't stop. All right. Uh, for, can't stop. Won't stop. So for Vincent, I cast Gary Cooper. For Jules, I cast Henry Fonda. A white guy. They're all. This is 1940s. <laughs> so everyone noir. Was white. Okay. okay, you got you got you got it now. Are, you, are we there? We on the same page? Yeah, they're all Nathan white. white. Sorry, man. Nathan, I whitewashed Nathan Pulp Fiction. Whitewashes Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <clears throat> For Mia, Lauren Bacall. Ooh, I can really see that. Marcellus Wallace, Orson Welles. <laughs> Peace. Like like. I could see that. You can yeah. A kind of Butch, Humphrey Bogart. Okay. Okay. And the Wolf. Cary Grant, you got to be kind of charming, you know. You can't just be. I strongly agree with some of those, and I very strongly disagree with some of those. Which one do you disagree? And I don't care because <laughs> there Marcellus was a... Wallace. Really? No, I think he can play a tough gangster more than you think he could. My most difficult one that I kind of disagree with my own casting was putting Cary Grant as the wolf. See, I would do okay if you're if you're going to do Orson Welles as. Marcellus. I think you need to recast Cary Grant as Zed. <laughs> All right. Or Rock Hudson. <laughs> Some of those are really good. I like that. It was just I had it I had it in a notes on my phone that I did ages ago. And then once we re, once we said we're doing pulp fiction for season four, I'm like, I already have recasting done. So we're down to what? Similar or equal film. I have three. You always have three. No, I don't. I had one in, with Taxi Driver, so each So it's an average of two. <laughs> yes. So I have two. Uh, <clears throat> the first one I have down is Jackie Brown. If you're looking for something that Tarantino did... The older I get, the more I like Jackie Brown. And I think, that, well, I think what, what, what fucked Jackie Brown... Is um, Pulp Fiction? Yeah. He was writing so high, people... Wanted it to be Pulp Fiction Part and, 2. Yeah. But I feel if you're looking for Tarantino, similar tone, it's the film that he made after making Pulp Fiction. It's very much kind of set in that same universe. He mm-hmm. adapts Elmore Leonard's book, Rum Punch. He, that's, yeah, that was his inspiration for why he wanted criminals to talk like his do in this movie is these people just had normal conversations, pop culture references and things like that. And it was his, it was his love letter to Elmore Leonard. If you're wanting the same flavor, you've got a lot of Sam Jackson in this one as well, playing bad guy this time. When you absolutely, great. positively got to kill every motherfucker in the room, except, except no, no substitutes. substitutes. If you're looking for something that's like Pulp Fiction, maybe in the same vein, 
<laughs> Get it? It's a heroin joke. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I would go with lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Yeah. Uh, in many ways, at least when he first started to get recognized, uh, Guy Ritchie was kind of seen was seen the like British the Tarantino. British Tarantino. A lot of his films early on were very criminal crime based and had that same flavor. A little more, not on acid, but it was poppy and and pulpy, quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like Edgar Wright. Same tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last one would be Train Spotting. Okay. You're going for just shock factor. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Okay. It's got an up and coming Ewan McGregor directed by Danny Boyle. It features heroin as the very main character. Main character. <laughs> um, it's just these characters who are deeply immersed in, in the Edinburgh drug scene. In the dirtiest in toilet in Scotland. Right. It's just, it's got a killer soundtrack. It hits those same kind of notes. It's two years after Pulp Fiction, and it very much hits a lot of the the same beats as Pulp Fiction, just in a different way. It's just over in Scotland instead. Yeah, you know? it's a good movie. It's much darker in tone, and it's not one that you could just pop in and watch. It's, it's also, it's almost, uh, it's got a uh, Michel Gondry-esque mm-hmm. bit of surrealism to it. It's not that that high up, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. He gets, a, like when he climbs down into the toilet and... Yeah. He's underwater or something, right? He's in an aquarium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen it in like 20 years. Falcon, similar, equal film? Uh, Jackie Brown. Uh, I mean, it's that to me is Tarantino's best film. Is Jackie, Jackie Brown. Brown? Yeah, okay. absolutely. It's his most low key. Yeah, for sure. I just, I love it. I mean, I love Pam Greer. I've always had a crush on Pam Greer ever since I saw, uh, ever since I saw Jackie Brown or, or Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown. Yeah. So, uh, and then instead of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoky Barrels, I went with Snatch. I almost did Snatch, yeah. but I decided to go a little bit earlier. Yeah, Snatch a little bit more polished than Lock, Stock, yes. and Two Smoky Barrels, but still with that same Tarantino-esque quality to it. Okay. Yeah, Jackie Brown's good because he had to adapt something that wasn't his material. Yeah. I think that's where you, he is but seen you can as tell a where, good But you can tell where he stops adapting Elmore Leonard and then... Okay, I'm going to write a Tarantino scene for this, and then he. Mm-hmm. he I can he, see that he drops a few of them in, but no, it's it, no one ever remembers that one, Jackie Brown. I think it's forgotten because, and I think that of how I, big Pulp Fiction was, and I think that it's actually to its benefit because it doesn't get over scrutinized, right? Oh, that's a good pick, you guys. I chose Barton Fink. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, just because of how well written it is and what a mind fuck. <laughs> okay, yeah, kind of it plays out to be. Um, they're not similar. the The humor in Barton Fink has it's a uh, it's what little humor there is, but it's uh, it's a different flavor than Tarantino's kind of humor. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's the Cohen's kind of humor. It is Cohen's, yeah. And so you and have it's to- very dry and very very minimal. But I was just going for something that's when I first watched Pulp Fiction, it was that like we've talked about that. What the fuck did I just see? And that's the exact reaction I had when I watched Barton Fink, which I've talked about a thousand fucking times on here. I almost want to watch it again, but. Barton Fink made me tired. Yeah, I couldn't go back and watch it again the same night. Yeah, I can't. I, I've it's been about ten years since I've. It's seen It's a it. once a decade movie. Yeah, it's heavy. It's heavy. It is. Um, it took me probably two viewings before I really started to appreciate what it was compared to the other more absorbable. I may have um, said it on here. Um, Coen Brother movies. So. Yeah, it's definitely a, an acquired taste. Yeah. 
Um, cause you, what's the one with the tornado at the end that you let me borrow that I fucking hated? Serious man. A serious man. Did you yeah. like a serious man? I didn't like it. I, I, I understood the, the appeal to it for some people. I love the ambiguous ending, but it also felt like a cop out at the same time. Yeah. 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 I get it. There's so much I really like about a serious man, but I think the ending is purposeful, but also frustrating at the same time. Yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, I just, <laughs> We had to spoil it for anybody who wanted to watch. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. There's yeah, a tornado. The tornado did it. It's all because of Columbia House. And he <laughs> they, they take the mask off the butler, and it's a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> all because you meddling kids. All right. Well, does it still hold up? Final thoughts? No. I think it's better. Yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, actually, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think no, it's- I think it's better. I think the first time you see it, you're like, whoa, and then you want to dig back in and find all of the things that you didn't catch the first time. Like Vincent walking in the thing in the first Right. Scene. That was the first time I saw it was Fuck. a week ago. A week was, ago. It was like, oh, you do see him walk down that way. Yeah. Uh, like a fine wine, I think this movie only gets better with age. Um, there are select, there are select few things that are a little, uh, make it a little cringeworthy. You know, the uh, the N word is a little too much sometimes with this one. It still works, but it's not. It's just move on, move hard. along, move along, move along. These are not the N words you're looking for. Please move <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, but it is by far my absolutely favorite Tarantino movie. Um, it's extremely watchable. It has this retro feel where the movie kind of feels timeless. You exactly. Know? It's and because he does things like the rear projection. He does yeah, the rear projection. The he does the just the 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 black suit, white shirt. Skinny tie. The soundtrack Hitman was oldies already. When it, it was came twenty out. years old. Yeah. Exactly. So it only slows down when it needs to. The pacing is really good with this movie. Um, it's also a story that had to be told non in the non-linear structure that Tarantino kind of. Picked. Have you guys ever seen it in the linear? No. The linear. I bet it's not as good. No. No. It's, I, it's I, different. There's I, a bootleg copy that's out there on DVD that. Uh, I wouldn't want to watch it. it That's not how he wanted it. No, he blew my mind the first time I saw it, and I think that you know I've been in love with Tarantino movies for the most part ever since. But I don't think that reworking that narrative would work. I mean, I even put it in order. I was like, I wonder if it would play better. You get the Gold Watch story, then you get Vincent Vega and Marcellus Wallace's wife Prelude, where they walk up and do the whole apartment scene. You get the Bonnie situation, then you get the diner prologue and epilogue. Then you get the Gold Watch story present day. Then you get Vincent Vega and Marcellus Wallace's wife episode. And then you get the Gold Watch episode. I kind of want to watch it that way. It ends with Butch and Fabian on Zed's bike as they leave. And I don't think that's a better ending. It's not, but I kind of want to. See, <laughs> I kind of want to see it now because I just. I was always assuming that they would just take the four big parts and. So it would be instead of one two three four, it would be four two three one. Yeah, or whatever. I don't. I didn't know it was cut up. I kind of want to see that. I kind of want to see that. It's out there. You have to look for it. Yeah, don't do do it. Watch me, watch me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your friend. I think Tarantino always knew like what he had on his hands. I don't think he's ever had a second of doubt about it. It's everyone had to catch up to him. I think is what it is. Yeah, and that's part of his problem. Falcon, who was his editor that died? Oh, Sally Minky. Okay. And that's why his movies are different now. Yeah. Right? Because his movies aren't... Well, do you know what the last movie she did? Uh, Glorious Bastards was her last one. Really? Yeah. 
Okay, so he hasn't had her for 10 years. Yeah. But everything he's done since she died, since really since Kill Bill 2, even ah, since Kill Bill, the first Kill Bill, his his he his his tempo has changed. She didn't edit Kill Bill 2. Kill Bill 2 was edited by um Robert Rodriguez. No. She did she did volume 1 and volume 2. His there's there's, there's a change. Yeah, and I just it's not that I dislike his alternate it. history kind of thing is. A yeah, I don't weird. like that. I just like like I'll I'll say it, man. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I don't like it. It's a lot of driving and a lot of feet. Is it's the most un-Tarantino Tarantino film? Yes, that has ever yeah, come out. there there it is. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of hey, let's go on the freeway. And All right, see that's what enough. It would of the, look like. <laughs> that's enough of the freeway. Hey, put your feet out the window. Okay. <laughs> oh, hey, is that Lena Dunham? Yep. All right, see you later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his revisionist history thing is, I don't know. He's just, he's, and I don't think he's trying to top Pulp Fiction. It's hard to say. Um, And and rightfully so, he's he's never going to top this. Like you guys have said, I think the closest he came was with Jackie Brown. Yeah. Because it's similar in tone, but it's not over the top. I'm riffing right now. This isn't what I've I've written. I'm just kind of thinking. They knew what they fucking had. This was cast in gold. Yeah. A number one plus gold standard. I think Reservoir Dogs gave you an idea about what he could do. Where he could go. Pulp Fiction is what he could do with a bigger budget. You're saying they could retitle Reservoir Dogs with all the places you'll go? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The 10th film by Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino. (laughs) I got a chaser. Oh, yeah. Forgot about chasers. I'm going to grab a beer while you're doing that. Uh, Falcon? I'm yes. Hand this over to you. Okay. Oh grab, yes, yes, grab, yes, yes, yes. Grab yes, yes, one yes. out of the uh, paper envelope. Just one the chaser bag. We go too long on some and too short on ones that require a long answer. So it's just one for the room. So make it a good one. If it sucks, it's your fault. Okay. Go ahead. Good no pressure. No pressure. You are asked to include one film in a time capsule. What do you choose? Fuck. One film in a time capsule. I already said mine. It's fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It can't be Friday the 13th. <laughs> Can it be Jason Takes Manhattan? No, it sure can't. I don't want to go first. <laughs> um, and this I, is I'm when, assuming we can't, we can't say Pulp Fiction because we've just talked about it for an hour. So can't say Pulp Fiction. I'm going to put that caveat in there. <sighs> All right. I, I have one. I'll go if you want me to. Sure. This is a quick one. I just pulled it. It's uh, Right out of Marcellus Wallace's butt. Sure. Yeah, and I had to work for that one because it was it was down in there. It was pretty jammed <laughs> Zed up. Was, in there. I think Zed, it was deep in his cold. It was pretty jammed up. <laughs> Zed hid that one really well. <laughs> I would say um, I don't know who directed it, and I cannot think of the the actor's name, but uh, or the title. Double Indemnity. Billy Wilder directed that one. Yeah, fucking nerds. Uh, that was one of like that's a classic movie that I remember yeah. watching. It was on I think AMC one time. Um, I'm like, sure it's never been on AMC. No. Oh, I'm thinking Turner Classic Movies. I'm sure it's never been on Turner Classic. TMC, yeah, which, whichever yeah, yeah. one. And I just, I, it was one of those where I was still living with my parents and I just happened to walk through and my mom was watching it and I sat down to eat or whatever, take a five minute break, talk to my mom and it was on and it was one of those where I found myself two and a half hours later and I was like, fuck, I've just watched this movie. Like, it's that good. It pulls you in. It's a, it's a great film noir. Not a toe tapper. It's not one you you know after a long week. You want to dig into, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, you, you want to dig wait, into it, but, but you got to have the time and be a little. But it's not for one it. after like, man, it's been a long hard week. I just want to. I want to come home. I want to unwind. A, a double I indemnity. A, I want to have a beer and I want to just watch a movie. Let's watch Double Indemnity. Let's watch Taxi Driver. You know, <laughs> it's not. It's not Roadhouse. 
But I would say I would say double indemnity because it would entertain you. That's okay. mine. God, I hate this. <laughs> By the way, if you do think of something before I can come up with an answer, you're more than welcome to speak up. Uh, can I say Pulp Fiction? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I would bring in the time capsule of Citizen Kane. To me, that's the... God, that I was is thinking the, that, too. I should yeah. have spoke first. Yeah, well, <laughs> screw you. <laughs> You snooze, you lose, my friend. Uh, uh, it's 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 a perfect film. I mean, it's 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 absolutely a perfect film. There's not anything I would change on it. I wouldn't recast it. It is. It will stand as what he was able to get away with in those times, making fun of the Rothschilds and the Gettys. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I, and that movie hardly got it. released because of the uh, what is it? Um, Hearst. 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 Thank yeah. you, William Randolph Hearst. I would but I would but Citizen Kane. Okay. And Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> That's more of a Gamora sound. Uh and that was part three. So I need you to be I didn't make that sound. Quit stalling, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Say Billy Madison, let's get out of here. <laughs> Shampoo is better. <laughs> I go on first and clean the hair. I mean, how can you get how can you get better than dialogue like that? I can answer that. Uh, conditioner is better. <laughs> I leave the hair silky and smooth. <laughs> really full. Yes. Stop looking at me, Swan. I've given you 30 more seconds. I don't care. I just love doing to this to think which if I want to pick something better than what I have. What do you have? I don't know what I have yet. Because you, I get, you only get one on this one. I know. That's the problem. Mmm, time capsule. Mmm, time capsule. Mmm, <laughs> time delicious. Mmm, <laughs> time. Beer. <laughs> hey, it's, oh, damn it, it's empty. I'm going to pick one for you. No, you're not. I have the editing button after you leave. I can do whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, Nathan's choice was. <laughs> I, can, I can take clips from the last four years of us doing this. And you go, I would choose Billy Madison. <laughs> choose this movie, this piece of shit movie. <laughs> you cheated on that one. I'm not using that. Uh, I know. Um, you're a cheater. Cheater pants. Alien. Aliens. Oh. Total recall. No. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Body Heat. Sliver. Basic Instinct. Sliver. Spartacus. Greed. Back to the Future Part 3. Oh. Star Wars 5. <laughs> Star Trek 2. Some Like It Hot. MASH. Masters of the Universe. Gone with the Wind Part 3. <laughs> isn't that just called the... Isn't that a Spike Lee movie? Yeah. <laughs> Rambo Part 7. Malcolm X. I'd pick uh, Spike Lee's Clockers. Oh. Would you really? Yeah. Okay. I've never seen Clockers. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. That's probably his best movie. Yeah. Um, it deals... It's kind of, you. If you love The Wire, you would enjoy Clockers. Okay. Um, is it Richard Price is the author of the book? Yeah. Um, it's about low-end drug dealers and witnessing i think it's like a murder at a it's like a fish restaurant or something like that yeah and, and trying it's like a murder mystery and dealing with 
low end, in, uh, like low end income and drug dealers. I, it's been a little while since I've watched it, as you can tell by how horrible I did a, of describing what the movie's about. No, it's riveting. It's almost yeah, like I don't like need that? to watch the movie now. John Turturro, it's Harvey not... Keitel. Um, really? So, um, he loves Turturro, huh? He does. Oh, he, he loves. Who doesn't? Who doesn't direct Turturro and then fucking love him? Right. Nobody. Um, Hell, he's been in three Transformers movies. <laughs> it's a good snapshot really? oh, yeah. of of life in. I hope he it, got paid well. Is it Brooklyn that takes place? Yeah, it's, it's Brooklyn. It's a good snapshot of Let me what. See happened. the question. That was one of the ones that I honestly thought of possibly including in the New York movies. Jerry in Oregon <laughs> sent that one in. By the way, oh, that's nice of him. It was good. Sorry, you, I wouldn't. I thought you. I thought you were fucking with you. Me. Once you said Spike Lee, I was trying to think of a Spike Lee picture that I don't think enough people know about, and I would recommend that one. Remember that poster of Michael Jordan palming Spike Lee's head? Yep. Basketball. Yes. Spike cool. Lee had that little hat on. That was Nike. cool. Nineties were cool. So instead of nineties, we're going to go back to the eighties. I think next week is. Um, we are doing. We're doing a, Eddie Murphy. A double Eddie Murphy. A double feature with Eddie Murphy. Kind of the one that started the whole buddy cop comedy drama. But even though he's not a cop. Midnight Run um, did the buddy cop thing first. Yeah, but this was 82 and Midnight Run was later. Midnight so, Run was 81. Midnight Run was 81. I Charles Grodin, Robert De Niro. I would love it for you to pull up the time and hey, year. Hey, Siri, search IMDb for Midnight Run. It's going to be like 87, 88. You need to unlock your iPhone first. <laughs> <laughs> This is just showing me trailers for the new Candyman movie. Hang on, I'm pulling it up. I know it was. I can't wait Charles Grodin you, and Robert De Niro. I can't wait until you read off like 1988. <laughs> 1988. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. No, thank was you. Was it really that late? Yafet Koto's in that? Mr. Big? Yeah, we're going to have to put that one in at some point. That'll be a fun one What's to that? do. Midnight Run with something. I love that. Midnight Run. Dude, I haven't seen time. that in so long. It's been a long time since I've I watched it. I haven't seen it, it since evidently 1989. I when thought I it was 81 was... when you saw it. Well, that would have been one years old. One it doesn't. Years, one year old. One years old. Well, he went back in time. He went back in time to go see Midnight Run. Fuck, I didn't go was... back in time. So, uh, listeners, for those that haven't already stopped playing and deleted this episode uh, off of Write it phone, in your journal. I was wrong today. No, for the first time we're in, doing. Uh, for the first time in 2020. We're going to do 48 hours. And, and Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, man. It's going to be a good one. I'm going to try to not sit here and just quote Beverly Hills Cop all day, too. In the meantime, try not to stay on the Mars. <laughs> Six Pack Double Feature is a Copec Media production. You can like and follow them on Facebook at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast and on Instagram at Six Pack Double Feature. They aren't on Twitter because Twitter is dumb. <laughs> we get so ingrained. It's ingrained, involved. That's a fitting goodbye, right? We can sure. Was that a decent Bill Shatner impression? That was a fitting goodbye. Rescue nine one one. That's just me doing MST three K doing Shatner. Do another one. Do another one. Rescue nine one one. No, do another Shatner impression. Don't do the same uh, thing. Do another. I'm Nathan. I'm not. Travis. <laughs> the colon of Marcellus Wallace was blocked by Zed's penis. God! <laughs> <laughs>